2: sd pliskin american lieutenant special forces unit black blight two purple hearts leningrad and siberia youngest man to be decorated by the president he robbed the federal reserve depository life sentence new york maximum security penitentiary i'm ready to kick your ass out of the world war hero Who are you? Hauk. Police Commissioner.
0: Bob Hauk.
2: Special Forces Unit Texas Thunder. We heard of you too, Pliskin. Why are we talking? I have a deal for you. You received full pardon for every criminal action you've committed in the United States. It was an accident about an hour ago. A small jet went down inside New York City. The President was on board. President of what? That's not funny, Plissken. You go in, find the president, bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man.
0: 24 hours,
2: huh? I'm making you an offer. Bullshit. Straight, just like I said. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. Get a new president. We're still at war, Plissken. We need him alive. I don't give a fuck about your war. or your president.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls, dying time's here. watching Clint. We all like watching Clint. <laughs> hey. All the other want to be like Clint. They all want to be like Clint. But I want to be like Lee Van Cleef. You know I want to be like Lee. Whatever happened to Lee Van Cleef? Whatever happened to Lee And they're watching clean. they all like watching clean. On the big screen, they wanna see old clean. they all wanna see old clean. But I wanna see the fleet and clean. You know when I see old late, whatever
1: Everybody. welcome to episode 152. And tonight is me and Tim just by ourselves because we don't have a guest. And holy shit, I am I'm I'm amazed. I'm watching the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary shit and all the people on stage that are just coming out are insane. Oh yeah. I don't know why Paul Simon, Paul McCartney, and that weirdo Miley Cyrus are all on the same stage at the same time right now. <laughs> Well, I, they, I, I'm hoping they, McCartney just Jeff Jarrett's her ass with the fucking guitar.
3: Well, they did have the open up. They did have Jimmy Fallon and uh,
1: I didn't see the Timberl- what they do
3: yeah, is Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake. And they were uh, basically just they did a, a rap song and just oh. talks about everybody and every character. It's been on Saturday Night Live.
1: Of course they did. That sucks. They should have done something better. I hope they do a tribute to all the people that have died. I hope they do, like, a a Farley tribute, a Belushi tribute. They need to do something like that. It would be awesome. We will see. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy's on there, so fat jokes ahoy. (laughs) I hope (laughs) Melissa McCarthy pile drives Peyton Manning. God damn it. Anyway, it's just me and Tim tonight. We're going to talk about some Saturday Night Live shit later and some alien stuff later and some werewolf stuff, and some Repo Jake nonsense.
3: Oh, yeah, and I've already – I've gotten email about
1: Repo Jake, and
3: we got questions about Repo Jake.
1: I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
3: you do.
1: I had never not wanted to watch a movie in my entire life, but I watched Repo Jake.
3: How dare you?
1: I just – man – Farts. but anyway what have you watched this week sir
3: that's what i'm pulling up now because i've been watching a bunch of random crap including megaforce which was just freaking
1: great yeah we well i don't know if it'll be out by the time this is out but we'll we'll rep it like it is anyway we uh we watched megaforce for the first time <laughs>
3: It was brilliant
1: for, for two drink minimums. Uh, commentary podcast, I guess you'd call it. Uh, uh, I disagree. <laughs> Tim loved it. I'm, I
3: loved it. I hey, first off, I'd love to thank all Gary and mm-hmm. his buddies that had us in because I love G-, G I Joe guy. Oh, that yeah. it, that dude beat a dead horse, and it just kept getting funnier. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I think
1: his, his name's Willis Wheeler. Yes, <laughs> cool I,
3: I enjoyed him. He was cracking me up. Yeah, but Megaforce man, I'm telling you, come on, Barry Bostwick in his hair.
1: Oh, the hair is ooh, like it, that that that's hairdo exploitation. It's just the hair. But you know, Megaforce is a shitty fucking movie. <laughs> I, I so bad. Until Dude, like great. motorcycles start flying, and then that's it. Nothing. It's a movie where it's a really cool setup, and then they forgot to like pretty much film a movie. So <laughs> yes, it's just a bunch of bullshit. It's but Mega,
3: you, you cannot say Megaforce isn't a precursor to GI Joe cartoon.
1: Oh, sure it is.
3: I mean, literally, it just—it's like wow, somebody owes somebody a paycheck now. Yeah. But also, too, as soon as I seen the motorcycles, I had to laugh because Michael Beck's in it. Mm -hmm. He's also in Battle Truck. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, both movies made in the same year. I can't find any connection yet. But something's up. Mm -hmm. Something is up. It it, It just, Megaforce was great. I loved it. I'm glad I got the chance to watch that twice.
1: (laughs) You you twice
3: it, man. I twice it in like 36 hours.
1: Jesus. I don't think (laughs) I'll ever watch it again. I'll I'll put it that way. I mean, it is definitely like the most 80s product movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Remember,
3: even the good guys went in the 80s. In
1: the 80s. (laughs) Fucking Henry Silva. Was he a bad dude or not? I don't get it.
3: He, he he was in possibly the one movie I've ever seen where somebody did not want to kill him,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and
3: he's supposed to be the villain.
1: Uh, just, whatever. So what else did you watch? People can go check that out, search a uh, two-drink minimum podcast. Commentary, sorry. What else did you watch, sir?
3: Okay, well, now that we're talking about the greatness of...
1: i got to turn this this Saturday Night Live thing off. It's distracting the fuck out of
3: me. I was going to say, I'm sure it's going to be funny. That's why I had DVR in it.
1: I'll put it on The Simpsons. Okay, what else did you watch?
3: Okay, well, uh, apparently I have gotten a bunch of screeners in the past week or two. Uh, Long live the UK.
1: Mm -hmm. Evidently, John Portanova's name is the name to drop for free screeners. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes apparently because uh, I got another one the other day and uh, uh, it's called Mother Town and we'll talk about that in a few minutes here um, first movie and I'm going to tell you right now uh, it's being released next week which would be the last week of February I think like uh, February 25th or something it's being released under the title Battle Apocalypse uh, it's it's a Zombie film, and I know you're against zombie films, Kyle. Well,
1: no, not necessarily. It's just, hey, there's there's a glut.
3: Well, I'm going to tell you this. Okay, you remember the, the African film The Dead that came out a couple years ago?
1: That's the movie I, I stood like two minutes before that broken leg walking zombie. Yes, yes. Talk,
3: but it's two hours long and boring as hell.
1: It, yeah, so I've heard.
3: Okay, well... I declare this movie Chrysalis, which is also is being released under the name Battle Apocalypse, uh, filmmaker's John Klein. I told him, I have reviewed it already, and it's out there on GrossMovieReviews.com. I believe this is the interesting zombie film that should have been The Dead. Like, somebody did a movie similar to The Dead, mm-hmm. but made it interesting.
1: Okay. I, I'm down... Um, with that I'll give that a watch
3: yeah it, it takes place in 2038 and basically it centers around two survivors who find a third about 15 minutes into the film and for the most part they're just trying to make their way through a big city to try to meet a group of people that this girl that they found in the city is claiming is meeting up with her and if they could get to them they might be able you know Start over, basically, is the big thing. But it, it drops hints along the way of what happened, basically, uh, uh, don't blame anybody, but, uh, they call it the fallout of 2019, and basically, you get the drift that this girl they found is part of the CDC or something of that nature, and she explains to them, biobombs hit in every major city around the world, within seconds of each other.
1: What's a and biobomb?
3: Basically, a dirty bomb, like, okay. whatever and pretty much sent all the countries to start off their nukes and mm. basically blow every. It, it's kind of like uh, Death Deathcon 4, mm. Virus, Damn. those types. Yeah, that, those types of movies, but the only difference is it's taken place 19 years after it's all happened, and pretty much even the zombies, and they don't even call them zombies. They call them the infected, and they pretty much are dying off. They make they, like, talk about how they go on days not finding anything. And basically, this, the movie centers around more around the three characters than it does the infected. When the infected shows up, yeah, there's a couple gore scenes, really cool stuff, but it relies more on the dialogue and what's going on with the characters at all times. And it's great. It's brilliant. I going to say, it, that sounds
1: like a pretty smart way to do it.
3: Yes, it's independent. You could tell he didn't have a ton of money. But he did it the right way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He, I, with not having a ton of money, the sets and where they were filming at and a lot of these abandoned buildings, I would like to know the location because it fit in beautifully. He did one hell of a job. I already told him, I said, look, I'm telling you right now, for me, this is the first best of 2015 movie for me. This is the first movie I found this year that I could literally say, Hey, When we do our end of the year list, this is going to be on it. It definitely, so if anybody's out there uh, looking for a different zombie movie, Battle Apocalypse comes out like February 25th on video on demand, DVD, everywhere. So check it out. Definitely, I think, like I said, Kyle, he, where the dead failed, he figured out a way to make it. He succeeded. Cool. It's, it, it just, I, I understood what the dead was trying to do, but that movie is just deadly boring at times. <laughs> Where Chrysalis, aka Battle Apocalypse, it's interesting the whole way through, uh, I gave it 4 out of 4, something definitely to check out.
1: Ooh, got high marks.
3: Yes, uh, oh, no, Legacy, Legacy of Thorn from the UK.
1: That's I another. saw this and I'm like, is this like a, I was gonna ask, this is this like a Halloween fan film? And then I saw the, the, the box and I'm like, no, this is not.
3: No, but I get the feeling they are fans of, uh, Halloween 6, Jason X.
1: Cool.
3: As, as I described in my, uh, review, I, I said there, it's kinda like the Splatterhouse video game meets Jason X, Jason X steroided look. And I like
1: all those things.
3: And it just happens, it has to take place on Leap Year, because I kept calling him the Leap Year Killer. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's just basically a supernatural being that is here on Earth chasing a group of kids or teenagers, basically just slashing and hacking his way. If he won't make it to them by time it becomes February 29th, he disappears. But he is this supernatural force, and you have to pay attention towards the end of the movie to pick up why he's actually doing this, and you could tell um, there's a movie the filmmaker M.J. Dixon did before this called, uh where is it, Slasher House. and That, like,
1: sounds, that sounds familiar. Is that a
3: wasteland? No, I was wondering too because this movie, I looked up Slasher House and it came out two years ago. It looks like it, 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 the trailer, I'm the sure they
1: it, were repping that at Wasteland.
3: It it's possible, familiar. but I don't remember seeing it up there. But it also – there was a movie several years back called Slashers that reminded me of this. And also it reminds – Oh,
1: dude, you know what? It remi- I, I'm wrong. I'm thinking of Slasher Hunter.
3: Yeah, I was going to bring up
1: – That's the what, Wasteland.
3: Yeah, I was going to yeah. even say Steve Rudinsky, who is from the Pittsburgh area, made Slasher Hunters. Literally, I even emailed Steve. I said, hey – you might want to go check this out. This is along the lines of what you've done so far and planning, because he's planning a sequel The Slasher Hunters. I was like, you might want to talk or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for anybody interested, LegacyAthorn.com. This movie, I think, is supposed to be available this upcoming week. So check it out if you get the chance. And uh, before I forget, for that battle apocalypse, if you want to find out more about it, they have a website called TheRestAreDead.com. Uh, moving on, another independent film called, uh, uh, what is it? Pernicus. And this is, uh, from James Cullen Bras, uh, Not a horrible movie, but, uh, it's a typical kind of slasher, kind of Asian ghost film, basically. But, as I put it at one point, uh, the three girls, basically three girls go to Thailand. They're, it doesn't matter what they're there for. This is what it comes down to. They go to Thailand. They don't pay tribute to a gold statue that's of a kid that's kind of creepy.
1: Oh, you don't not do that.
3: Yeah, and basically this freaky gold statue, you know, does something, and they pick up three dudes, and they think they get roofied. And next thing you know, they go all toe-tag pictures on these three dudes. It's like hostile for about ten minutes. Awesome. And basically they wake up, all their gold jewelry is gone, and hey, let's go talk to the witch down the street and see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much the movie, basically. It's cool. Cool ending. I will give them credit for that. This, uh, keep your eyes out if you do. This movie is coming out in about three weeks. Uh, definitely keep your eye out if you're watching this movie. It does have an un-Hollywood horror ending. I di- I'll give, it- give him props for that. I, I did enjoy that. Uh, we did talk Megaforce already. Uh, watched the Deadly Spawn, which we're going to talk about next week. Next and week? It has some really cool-ass creatures in it. Uh-huh. I've never seen it. i I seen it a while ago. Deadly Spawn is one of the first movies Bruce Lentz an Incredibly Strange Video told me to rent. It was one of, was like, the second or third time I was at Incredibly Strange Video. He's like, you need to see this movie. Now is how I seen it. I'm glad I rewatched it. It's out on Blu-ray now. Um, did you get my email about the, that weird free site that mm. we've
1: had? Yeah, it's a, it's like, not, it doesn't really work. I,
3: yeah, I'm gonna give it one more chance. Eventually, I kept the link, but it, it put it this way. I watched a minute and a half of the deadly spawn and it took me 15 minutes to watch it.
1: Oh man.
3: And uh, I said, uh, maybe something was going on that day. I don't know, but there's like, I found it, I found deadly spawn on YouTube within seconds. There was like four different links to deadly spawn there. Uh, The other screener I got from the UK, uh, guy's first, basically his first film out, John Williams. He's made a zombie comedy, uh, he's definitely a fan of Shaun of the Dead, it's very obvious. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I said again, from the UK, first, first zombie film out, he asked me if I could review it, I said no problem, of course. Basically, Two guys find a weird naked dude in a shower, and the zombie apocalypse begins. Literally, that's how the movie starts. They just, like, two security guards wander into a shower, just some dude just sitting there naked with his head against the wall, and he becomes a zombie, and the zombie apocalypse happens. Basically, the movie focuses in on several groups of people and basically follows them throughout the movie. Now, movie has its funny moments. Definitely, uh, there's a scene where there's two dudes, S&M scene, and basically, their slave master, this woman, says she had got to go to work. And these two dudes are wearing gimp masks, and they're tied up. She doesn't come back for them. <laughs> it, it shows an hour later. It, they begin to start talking. So, Every, like, five, ten minutes into the movie, they cut back to these two guys. <laughs> and they're just sitting there talking about families and all kinds of other stuff in these masks. I couldn't stop laughing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bad thing is this movie is two hours long.
1: Mm, that's a no-no for independence, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. You really got to have an idea to keep it going. Especially, uh, the movie was made for 500 pounds, which I believe is very, very, yeah, very, very cheap. But I'll tell you what, man, dude must have had a thousand or so zombie extras. Wow. Yeah. There was like a scene where literally they had a couple blocks of a city, like just filled with zombie extras.
1: Now see, I want to see it now. I want to see how they got that done. Yeah, it just –
3: it's – the movie is – good. I mean, for a first-time effort, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not like, hey, this is the next greatest zombie movie. But it was – it kept me interested. And then about – I'd say about the 75-minute mark, 70-minute mark is where they introduce, like, these two, like, military SWAT guys. And that's where just the movie comes to a screeching halt. And just – it just gets – Suck down this hole of boringness. It, it just literally, it kills any momentum this movie has.
1: That sucks.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel bad because I'm reviewing the movie and I liked it, but it's like, this is one of the things that happens when you're a first time filmmaker. Uh, you can run into these things. You don't edit it down or, you know, something like this you think sounds great on paper or in the script. And when it comes out on film and it just doesn't doesn't look right, and in this case, it doesn't. But I, like I said, there's certain things about it. But I'll give him credit, man. I'm telling you, he had literally like a thousand zombie extras in this. And here, if you don't mind, if you want to like scan through it, I still have a link to it if you want it.
1: Yeah, I'll watch it. Look, that's not a that that, that editing thing is not just an independent movie
3: no, but I do.
1: i mean see uh uh return of the king is probably like the worst example of that you've gotta yeah, some stuff it just doesn't work I noticed
3: that through a lot of first time filmmakers a lot of times yeah i i I'll see they do that kind of stuff and don't know why but
1: that's what deleted scenes are for you know what I mean
3: yeah there you go sir
1: cool I'll watch that
3: like I said, but it has its funny-ass moments. It does, and that's why I'm curious to see what this guy does next. Uh As always, I hope, you know, once I write the review, I hope he sends me the next project. So, But just for you, this morning...
1: You watch I, Mad, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome?
3: No. Uh, I, why would I do something like that when I can watch some other crap called Vengeance of the Dead?
1: I've heard of the... I, I think I've seen
3: this one. This is under the Full Moon label. Uh,
1: I was going to ask you about, I'll ask, remind me to ask you about Full Moon.
3: Okay, I have it on the VH. Uh,
1: <laughs> on the VH?
3: <laughs> and I was bored and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this for my Sunday morning movie. And I wish I could have watched Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's bad it's bad bad it, it, charles band doesn't have anything to do with it this is one of those projects that got picked up by when he was looking for films like right before full moon disappeared for like a year and a half period
1: yeah what that's what i was gonna ask you well you know uh what happened where'd it go
3: what do you mean where did it go
1: where did the fucking full moon like hasn't had anything out forever well, there's. They're and busy. I was also going to ask you what you got on. The, did they have the Valentine's Day fifty percent off sale this year?
3: Yes, they did. Yes, did you they get did. Anything? I did not get anything this year. Uh, one, because I'm because you have like it <laughs> yeah. all already. One, I'm broke. But two, um, one of the reasons I've stayed away from the fifty percent off sale was the past two years have been different. Like, back in, like, two years ago, Full Moon used to do, uh when they did their Valentine's Day sale, it was a sale like no other sale. I don't care what Shout Factory throws out there, Synapse, any of those DVD companies. Full Moon used to do everything 50% off. And the kicker was free shipping. Mm-hmm. And the other kicker was, if you were a full moon member, you were able to get more money off. So, of course, like they, I, I got something like what was it, eight DVDs or something, two years ago for like nineteen bucks.
1: That is awesome deal.
3: Yeah. So, but now they don't allow you to use your membership card. Um, they don't do the free shipping anymore. They still do 50% off. I mean, it's still a good sale, but it's not as great as it used to be. And this, and the other thing is too, not everything is 50% off anymore. Oh, boo. We, it, it used to be, used to have a bunch of stuff. And now it's like, okay, you can get Killjoy 1, 2, and 3, but you can't have Killjoy 4 half off. You know what I mean? It's like there's a few newer things they don't have fifty percent off. Where before it didn't matter. That so. Sucks. But, either way, what, what is going on with Full Moon? They got a couple movies coming out later this year, okay. including. Uh, now there's been a rumor I seen on a couple of the Full Moon fan sites that something happened with the the newer Puppet Master movie that production was stopped on it. I haven't found details, and I'm not sure anybody actually truly knows. But it's, and I said it. it I did post on the one the other day. I was like, it does seem kind of weird. Like Charles Band hasn't talked Puppet Master, you
1: yeah, know, that's what for a like, month
3: or two here. We haven't seen
1: shit about anything from Charles Band.
3: Well, there's another Killjoy movie I know that's supposed to come out later this summer. Um, uh, there's another movie, I forget what it is, from Full Moon that's supposed to be out by, the, it was scheduled to come out like May or June, but this, there, this new Puppet Master movie, like this, we're supposed to be seeing it right now, and it's, we're not. So, I, I, I don't know, like I said, I haven't found out any more about it, I haven't, like, really dove into this. It's not like Mega Force and Battle Truck and I want to know about Michael Beck's character kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but I, I, if I get some free time this week, I'm going to look into that and report back to you next week. See what's going on because yeah, there, you know, he's been real quiet about this new Puppet Master movie.
1: Maybe it's going to be like a crossover with something else.
3: I don't know. If it is, he's, uh, surprisingly, he's kept it quiet.
1: Well, you got the Phantasm Five. you know. <laughs> Who knew about that? And then, pa-pow. Yeah,
3: it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. for only us to just stare at the trailer. It'd be like, not,
1: well, how did we not know this was getting done?
3: But also just sit there and be like, okay, okay we want this movie now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyhow, that that's uh, what I've watched this week. What did you watch, sir?
1: Well... Originally on this episode, and it it bummed me out so bad that I didn't watch anything except
3: uh, just. Oh, I watched all a bunch of Saturday Night Live stuff too. Yeah,
1: I have been watching the living shit out of that man. Like it, it's been it's been Saturday Night Live week at my house.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was even sick for a couple of days, and that's what I was doing.
1: Did you see the Did you see the Donald Pleasants?
3: Yes, and I was gonna wait until you. I mean, if you want to get into the SNL talk now,
1: let's hold it for a little while because I was original. I was gonna talk about this. This week's show, I was gonna cover neighbors with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, and I decided that I'm not gonna do that because I am a huge. I love Belushi so much, and this is like yeah. the one Belushi thing I haven't seen. And like Belushi and Aykroyd, those are the the dudes like that are probably the best SNL guys. Like me like Bill Murray you're throwing in there too. And I'm I'm more prone to love the older, old, old Saturday Night Live shit. Because that's what I grew up on is reruns of that stuff in the seventies. So I'm like, you know, this is this is the role reversal film. I want to watch Neighbors where Aykroyd is the crazy guy and Belushi is the straight man and boy, uh, it's a terrible, 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 terrible movie. I just fucking hated every second of it. And I'm like, I'm not gonna do this on the show because it's it's just real. Well, that movie real was bad. supposed
3: to be yeah. That movie was supposed to be very different,
1: and it shows.
3: Yeah, it would. That movie suffered from a lot of different.
1: Drug just problems, I'm sure.
3: No, well, that was the sad part. Belushi might have been the most soberest person out of anybody that was there. Really? He like the story behind neighbors was he really wanted that movie to work, especially with 1941 just bombing.
1: Oh yeah, that one. That, like Belushi, that that movie is watchable. Like 1941 is watchable because a all the people in it and and what it was about, but that movie is all over the fucking place, and it does not help that movie at all.
3: No, and supposedly that movie really depressed the crap out of Belushi, mm-hmm. and they he wanted to do Neighbors, and he actually wanted to do, like, be the straight man is basically what it comes down to. Him.
1: That's what I had a problem with, man.
3: But I did not want that. (laughs) The problem is the script we got on screen was not the script that was originally supposed to go down.
1: It it shows there's a bunch of stuff in there that looks like it's gonna be good, and like something's gonna come of it, and and nothing. And the characters they're doing stuff that makes no sense.
3: Yeah, because he like the the story goes that Belushi literally like quit the movie twice
1: during the movie. It probably probably would have been better just like called it a day on that movie cuz it is nothing makes any sense. Belushi's character is the straight man and you're like and and Aykroyd's character comes over it just it just acts like the biggest ass and Belushi's like all you you would have kicked this dude out of your house within seconds.
4: Yeah. Oh like, yeah, yeah.
1: What is happening here? Why is and, and there's a part with quicksand and Belushi thinks Ackroyd drowns in quicksand, and then he just magically shows up later, and there's no explanation. It is one. I had so much hope for it. Oh yeah, but yeah.
3: Like I said, this movie really, like Belushi, it not only pissed him off, but it depressed the crap out of him because it literally, like, basically killed what he was trying to accomplish. He thought, or at least thought he was accomplishing and felt like they like certain Hollywood types were trying to basically just, I don't know how to put it. Basically
1: like submarine his career. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, I know it, he was up for that. A took movie too. Yeah. Killed everybody that like tried to do a took. Everybody died.
3: Yeah. you heard it, of
1: that, right?
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have. And that was one of those things. And, like, it, it, it really, for Belushi, it really, I think, was the beginning of the end, let's say.
1: That would not surprise, that started the coke train.
3: Yeah, cause I, I, it, because he was, like, sober for that movie, and then things just went south quick.
1: God damn, well, maybe that's why I hate that movie, because it was a defining factor in his death. Maybe so, I don't that's, know. <laughs> that's what.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say. That's what some people are claiming. That's the the story of many stories around it. So, yeah, go figure.
1: Yeah, I, I was just. I'm not gonna. I told you, I'm not gonna fucking you know talk about that movie because it's just real bad, real real <laughs> bad. <laughs> and I had hopes for it, but I'm glad. I, I am glad I got to see it finally. I could put all the Belushi stuff to bed, but we were talking about SNL. Yes. And the 40th anniversary show is on right now. Yep. So what's your history with SNL?
3: Well, I I was even going to talk about this story, which leads into this, uh, but my history of Saturday night live and somebody brought it up to me last night or the night before, I think, uh, Chuck Connors' wife brought it up and said, I thought you and Dan would like us. You mean and,
1: screen legend Chuck Connors?
3: Yes. <laughs> Here, and I will like, – you have to give me a minute. I will send you the link to it. Okay. It, it is Bill Cardill explaining that for five years how Chiller Theater was the only show on that pushed Saturday Night Live off. If you lived in Pittsburgh, Saturday Night Live didn't come on.
1: Wow, that's impressive.
3: Yeah, and it's a cool video. Here, I'll share it to your Facebook page right now. Yeah, it's really cool stuff because I remember this because me seeing Saturday Night Live, I remember watching, um, back then, I don't know if they called it syndication or not, but seeing them in half-hour episodes.
1: On on Comedy Central?
3: No, no, way before that. Talking before cable, like before we had cable in our house when I was a kid, I'd watch them like on a Friday night or a Saturday night with my mom like at 6 or 7 o'clock and be flipping back and forth between WCW Wrestling and NIST. And they were on like channel, like one of the channels you had to use the rabbit ears just to get it to come in. Mm -hmm. It just it was like WPTT or something like that and they played it like six to seven, and it would literally be broken into two half-hour episodes, and that was how I watched a lot of the older episodes of Saturday Night Live of the first five years. Then, uh, and again, like I said, Bill cardell he talks about in this link that I sent you, he talks about how by the end of this five-year period, Chiller Theater was the only show in America that was playing on NBC at 11.30, everywhere else, every other station, every other major city was playing Saturday Night Live. Hmm. Channel 11 here in Pittsburgh got such good ratings with Chiller Theater that they played Chiller Theater instead of Saturday Night Live. And I was explaining to Chuck's wife, I remember hearing stories about bars would not close until the end of the second movie of Chiller Theater. I would hear stories about how there would be chiller theater parties at bars in people's houses. Uh, back in the day, like we're even talking before Saturday Night Live existed, like back in the early 70s, late 60s, that kind of stuff. But during this time, I've always heard stories that there would be certain bars. And because he played two movies, it wouldn't like, you knew it was like, uh, past last call when the second movie was still going. And they would just shut the door, but they were still serving drinks. <laughs> just, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it, they—you were supposed to be out the door. It's two o'clock in the morning. But that second movie on Chiller Theater would still be going, attacking a mushroom people, or you know, a Tango. Whatever, yeah, whatever they he would be showing that night, it would be still going, and people wouldn't leave the bar. So until that was over, until that show was over, like it was this unwritten role that I heard about, like, you know, these days the police go and basically, if your place isn't shut down by two thirty,
1: we have those in Indiana. You know what they're called?
3: <laughs> What's that?
1: They're, they're state excise dudes that will come into the bar and, and card people and make sure everything's going on. They're called liquor dicks.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, you know,
1: it, it was, they also come in. They also come in the bar to make sure nobody's got any Cherry Master machines going on. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you don't know what Cherry Master machines, no, are I
3: machines, do.
1: They're slot machines, dude. They uh, get the the everybody at the Legions, everybody at the Moose, everybody at the Eagles, everybody, everybody. everybody they always get like the two day tip off that the that get get the fucking <laughs> Cherry machines out of town. So, like,
3: oh, believe me, oh. I knew because uh, part of my paper route when I was a kid, twelve years old, Brookline Boulevard. Which is now like a few blocks from my house. I don't live far from it. I had a few storefronts I would delivered papers to. Everybody on Brookline Boulevard pretty much had a Cherry Master machine.
1: Yeah, we had them around here too.
3: And they all pretty much. I think they were illegal up until like last year. <laughs> and all these places had them. And like you said, they would get a tip. And there would be that one storefront. It'd be on the local 11 o'clock news that they were getting, like, the machines were getting taken out. Yep. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd be going into these places. I'd be buying some penny fish, Swedish fish, and dude be in there and be like,
1: I just want 450 bucks. Yep. hmm That's my cousin Lori. She is magic. at. We we'd go eat at the Le- A lot of people in Portland eat at the Legion and stuff because it's real good food. And she'd be in there playing, I want $320 on the Cherry Masters. She'd come in and she'd be like, fill my purse. And you couldn't pick her purse up because it was full of change. (laughs) If you hit somebody with this purse, it's like getting hit with a fucking baseball bat. It'd kill you.
3: But, yeah, yeah, like I was explaining to her, I would always – I heard these stories. But in 1980, when NBC finally forced Chiller Theater to go to start playing at 1 o'clock in the morning – like, that was when I really remember Chiller Theater, because by then I'm five years old, and that's when I was really getting into Saturday Night Live, and then plus 81, got Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo. Um,
1: Piscopo's on this tonight. I've seen his name.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. It,
1: everybody Piscopolio.
3: And that's where Saturday Night Live started for me, and I loved all the Blushie sketches. And But during the early 80s, Mary Gross... Cause I remember, like, my brother being almost eight years older than me, we'd be watching Mary Gross, like, 82, 83, I'd be like, I'd be like, telling him, like, dude, there's our cousin! <laughs> <laughs> He'd just stare at me. She <laughs> was, I, I really loved watching Eddie Murphy, Piscopo, Mary Gross, Tim Krasinski, just, because we talked about it a few weeks ago, him with, uh, Tim Krasinski's the, awesome. Yeah, him doing the skits with the ape. With, yep. the, with the monkey, and basically he comes out and says, yeah, they stopped the sketches because they apparently... The monkeys answered, were
1: going to try to kill him? Yes, was just, I thought that was
3: awesome. It's the dumbest skit in the world, but it was great because it was like, who the hell would put live monkeys in a skit? And the dude's married to one. It just, it was funny stuff. But that was the early days of SNL for me, and just explaining it uh Chuck's wife there about that stuff. Yeah, it, apparently the first five years and Bill Cardell in that little three minute link I sent you, he explains why and what was going on and stuff. It's pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. I, I grew up watching reruns of, of the old, super old Saturday Night Live because around me they played on PBS.
4: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, that's how I knew like, like PBS was like magic to me because a, Oh
3: yeah, see I yeah, you were explaining this a while back on one of the shows cuz I was I was trying to tell you cuz I remember like on PBS for us here like the young ones Yeah. The original got, Doctor Who used yep. to be on there. We
1: got Monty Python.
3: Yeah, Mighty Python. Yeah, it cuz I remember seeing that stuff when Saturday Night Live would be on. Yeah. But didn't watch it too much, but I didn't realize Saturday Night Live was on PBS for you.
1: Yeah, it was for us. It, they, they played, e- like, everything but the music was on. Huh. And, and speaking of the music, was Fear on that Donald Pleasant's episode or was it cut out? It Okay. Is That's... It, I that think Because was... Lauren Michaels said, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, Belushi was a big hardcore fan, and Belushi came on that show to do a sketch, and he said the only way he would come on I think I'm getting the story right because I read it in a book. The only way he would come on Saturday Night Live is if Fear was the band that played. So Fear invited all their punk rock hardcore buddies from New York to come up when they played, and they fucked that place up. And and Lauren Michaels said that will never, ever be fucking shown ever again. And I was curious if they sh- actually showed Fear play. Uh, well, that's
3: what I was going to ask you. Did you happen to watch the episode that showed on VH1 Classic?
1: No, I have it on DVR. I haven't watched
3: okay. it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, this it was, is, this it's was... weird because they don't show anything.
1: Ah, uh, I, fi- I figured.
3: It literally, Donald Pleasance is in the first skit, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I wondered if this was Donald Pleasance coming off of Halloween or Halloween 2.
3: Halloween 2, I believe. I wondered. I, that, uh, that Halloween 2, because it's 1981.
1: You could, you could see that fear performance on YouTube and, and other places. It's on the Internet, but... I was I was kind of curious if they were gonna show that or not. That's why I taped
3: it yeah, because it, it, it starts off pretty cool because like Donald Pleasance is comes out does his monologue and then he's in well or I'm sorry he's in the bathroom before the monologue and Eddie Murphy comes in and basically they they talk about they puke like Eddie Murphy pukes before anything he does <laughs> and Donald Pleasance is sitting there. he's gonna try to puke and when he it does. He goes into one. Uh, he goes into one booth and starts puking, and you just hear a toilet flush. And Bluey comes out of the other booth. Like he just all of a sudden appears out of the booth, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody goes nuts because it's Bluey. Mm-hmm. And that was that was it. It was the last time you seen Donald Pleasants.
1: That was they did. In, so you got the butcher. We got the. Butcher. Oh, oh yeah, and butcher. some
3: of the sketches that were on there, They were. I was just like. This isn't even nearly funny. Like, it was horrible.
1: Well, what are some of your favorite sketches? Because I, 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 I am familiar with like the super old stuff, mm-hmm. and then like the '90s stuff with you know Mike Myers oh, and Carvey yeah. and all those dudes. What, what are some of your favorite sketches? I, okay, well, like besides the ultimate Dan Aykroyd's Bagel Glass,
3: <laughs> Bagel <of> Glass,
1: and <laughs> Batmatic,
3: no uh, I love that stuff, but I like I love the Killer Bees. I love the Blues Brothers, yep. of course. Blue, like eh, the Samurai thing. Anything with Belushi, I always enjoyed. But uh, stuff that was definitely memorable for me: I'm um, Gumby, damn it! Mm-hmm. Just him as Gumby and Mr. Robinson.
1: Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Kill my landlord. Yes. Kill my landlord
3: just it, it just those sketches were to me just great, like those stand out in my mind, and also Eddie Murphy and Joe piscopo doing uh Stevie Wonder and frank Sinatra
1: i like i like the uh i like the Stevie Wonder kodak commercial <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Wonder, Kodak so we see a blind man can do it and he's trying to shoot pictures of a tennis match <laughs> Oh, time out no. I don't want to record The Walking Dead. Thank you very much. DVR, fuck off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh, those in the, the during the early ones, those were it for me. Later ones, um, the Will Ferrell cheerleader one was always funny.
1: See, uh, I, I did not. I didn't like the Will Ferrell cheerleader anything.
3: See, I liked him. Period. Like, as soon as I seen him, I thought he was funny.
1: Yeah, I like I, – I don't like him in Saturday Night Live, though. I like him in the movies.
3: Oh, really? I,
1: I can't name a – maybe – I like – I think the sketch, because I'm, I'm partial to all the commercials. I, I love the commercials, anything. I think the Will Ferrell dissing your dog commercial where he, <laughs> where he just talks – this is his dog. It's the best. <sighs>
3: Oh man, but I, I was gonna say too. I do like you. I do enjoy uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World was great.
1: I wasn't a fan of Wayne's World either. Ah,
3: uh, see, I I was. See, I thought you said you did, but I I loved Wayne's World. That hit. That I loved the movies. I loved everything about that stuff. I loved uh, Church Chat. Was another <laughs> good <chat>. one. <laughs> Satan. Yeah, because because they did two of the best ones for church chat, and I seen it. Did you happen to catch the Sam Kinnison episode? No, huh? They did. Yeah, they have uh, Sam Kinnison. Uh, church lady talks to Sam Kinnison.
1: Oh well, he was a preacher. That makes sense. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. But there is an episode out there with the church lady. Church lady having Ozzy Osbourne on. Mm, I've seen and, that, and that one's really good. I I've always enjoyed the church lady. That that was for me. Uh, like memorable ones throughout the years. I gotta
1: pick. uh, Let's see. I got. I gotta pick any anything with Belushi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eddie Murphy back in the day. Yeah. I love the Coneheads. I love the Coneheads, especially the Coneheads when they were on Family Feud. I I think. I think the Coneheads movie is actually fucking hilarious too.
3: I always forget about the Coneheads, but they are. Yeah, I, I I could see that.
1: And absolutely 100% anything with John Lovitz, especially Master Thespian. I was going to say Hanukkah Harry. Hanukkah, yes. Harry. Yep.
3: Hanukkah Harry was what did it for me. Or or Satan. That's Satan, probably yeah.
1: my favorite thing of Saturday Night Live ever is John Lovitz is Satan. Worship me. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a I gotta list up. And okay. it's, the, it's the top 141 cast members of all time ranked.
3: Jesus. Right. I know. Okay. I take
1: know. a guess at 10. Take, okay. Take, well, I was going to say, list. I
3: know if you're looking for lists, I know VH1 Classic, like they're doing a special SNL webpage where they got every list known to man.
1: Mm-hmm. I think like that's a, what I'm everything. on. Okay. Or no, I'm on rollingstone.com.
3: So uh, are we talking hosts or? No, just no, no. Cast members. Cast members. <sighs> mm-hmm. Give, uh, give us
1: your top ten cast members, and we'll see. Uh, well, okay, who you who you think number one is? Uh, Belushi. Or, of course, yes, you win. Yeah,
3: okay. I. But I will say I gotta wonder who's number two because I kind of feel it should be Eddie Murphy. It is. Okay, if it wasn't, I would have been kind of disappointed because it's like if there was anybody besides Belushi that really had the impact, and I know they always talk about Chevy Chase. But he was only there for the one year mm-hmm. and basically sporadic throughout. I always felt like Eddie Murphy was that guy. Like he did what Belushi did. You know did what I'm saying? Did
1: anybody ever get that hot? Eddie Murphy in the, in like the early '80s. Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah, Forty Eight Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, and uh, Golden Child. Well, he, the, even course. before Golden Child, there was something else he did at that time too. Like he he just
1: Trading places?
3: Yes, trading places. There you go. Yeah, it, it just like he did, he, he was gold. And, and I don't think there was another cast member that got that hot.
1: No, ever. you're absolutely right. No one ever got that good.
3: Um, third, I'm gonna. Well, oh, hold
1: on, cause my webpage just crashed. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll Google that shit real quick.
3: Okay, uh, third, phew. I don't know, it's kinda of tough between Dan Aykroyd and wolf Ferrell. Well, Cookie, Cookie Monster made an appearance. Uh huh. <laughs> and it was actually funny. Like,
1: well, before I get to number three, like, I'm looking at the top because the page is loaded, and this has gotta be a fucked up list because the top, it's got, it's got 141 and Victoria Jackson's 138, she needs to be higher. Gilbert Godfrey needs to be higher, he's 137. Yeah, but clan. he's
3: he but Gilbert Godfrey is one of those people that came in nineteen eighty that literally before the whole Anthony Michael Hall and Robert that stuff, Downey Jr. weird Yeah, yeah nineteen eighty was another year where they just cleared people out and just like they like a few of a few of the primetime players left. There was a couple I'm trying to think Bill Murray was still sitting around. Um I don't know if Aykroyd was or not. I, don't, I think he was gone, by way. Lorraine Newman might have been still there. Gildan Radner might have been still there for one more year. There was a couple of them, but the end of 1980, like when it got to the, in 1981, at the end of that, that was where they basically said to everyone besides Brian Doyle Murray, uh, and Piscopo, I think, might have like sneaked in towards the end there. I think except for those two guys, I told everybody go home.
1: Is that when they, they saved Lovitz from the fire? Like the last sketch of the year? I don't no, know, that, that that's
3: yeah. no, that's several but, years down the line. they were
1: gonna gut the whole cast and Lorne Michaels saved Lovitz from the fire? Yeah, that's a yeah,
3: that's a that is a season finale Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I don't know what year that is, though.
1: But they've got okay. Who's who was who was the best news anchor guy?
3: Well, that was the other thing I forgot to mention. I was going to say, Norm Macdonald was one of my favorites of all time, talking talking about uh, skits. But I was going to say, Norm Macdonald, for me...
1: I can't decide between him or Dennis Miller.
3: I was going to say Dennis Miller was really good, but there hasn't been anybody since Norm Macdonald that's been worthy of even watching.
1: Yeah, because they've got Norm MacDonald at 131, and then Randy Quaid's at 134.
3: Yeah, I just, I I don't care, like, they were talking about on the radio about how Colin Quinn has even come out recently, saying one of the things he regrets in his career was being the weekend update anchor for the one season.
1: Colin Um, Quinn is like, you either like that guy or hate him. I love Colin Quinn. I've loved him since he was on remote control. That fucking MTV yeah, he was. Now.
3: He's funny, but yeah, he was bad on Weekend Update.
1: It, I, they thought he was all right. They didn't uh, have anybody else to do it.
3: No, nah. well, yeah, they didn't really have anybody
1: else. But to do it. anyway, back back to number three. They have Tina Fey as number three. Mm,
3: mm-hmm. See, I I think part of that is because
1: somebody got a movie coming out. That's why.
3: <laughs> well, not only that, I think part of it is they they've pushed.
1: I can't stand she her. She is funny.
3: Don't get me wrong. She is funny. I don't I think, think so. I think part of it is the Sarah Palin thing, but if I'm gonna pick one of the newer female cast members, like in the past 15, 20 years, I would've went with Sherry O'Terry, uh, before Tina Fey.
1: Yeah, I liked her. I don't like Tina Fey or that girl that she's always with. Amy Poehler. Yeah. Oh man, something about Amy Poehler's face—it's
3: just. See, crazy. I think that I think part I think part of the problem for me is they just they push them down your throat like yeah, you do. like you're supposed to find them funny even when they're not funny. I know. Like it, it, it just no. I see. I would have picked Sherry Terry over her. Mm-hmm.
1: Who for, you got? At, who you got at number four?
3: And um.
1: It's not an original cast member. Really. Yeah.
3: Uh, then I would, uh, I'm just throwing it out there. Chris Farley.
1: Nope. Mike Myers. Really? I would, I would put it in the top 10 just because of, of all the, all the shit that he did on there. Like, like sprockets was one of my fucking favorite.
3: See, if I would have put him in there, I'd say like number 10.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good starting spot. But who you got at number five?
3: Uh, five. I would probably, uh, I probably have to, well, Gilden Radner or Bill Murray would probably be number
1: five. They've got they've got Ackroyd at number five, Murray at six.
3: Yeah, it makes sense. Seven,
1: I, seven, they got Phil Hartman, which...
3: Yeah, I, I always forget he, that dude, but he deserves it, yeah.
1: I like Phil Hartman in the movies. I never really liked him on, on Saturday Night Live, except for when he did Colin Blow's cereal commercial.
3: Yeah, but Hartman doing uh, Frankenstein and... In...
1: Oh, I forgot about Frankenstein. Or, yeah. Or Frozen <laughs> caveman lawyer. Uh,
3: yes, I was going to say... Hartman is one of those uh he's one of those cast members like uh Lovitz, I think you don't realize how funny those guys were until you see some of the older episodes mm-hmm. where some of the older skits from uh, from no matter when don't hold up those guys are still funny like those some of those skits are just downright hilarious well still.
1: well Hartman's like I, the thing to me about Hartman is. You you go back and watch all this 80s shit, and he's in everything.
3: Yeah, and oh, you never he, knew. Yeah, he's in. He's always like he's in almost every single skit they did. He, he was, was
1: the original Captain Carl in that Pee Wee's yes show special.
3: Yeah, I was telling the wife about that the other day. Yeah,
1: that dude was in everything. But then they got Amy Poehler at eight, and how Amy Poehler beat Gilda Radner is, is yes. That, I was that, going to say that's the bullshit call,
3: and I think that's I I think people forget how funny Gildan Radner was. She I was think it's,
1: Rosanna Rosanna Dan I forgot. Yes.
3: And I think that's just I think that that choice is just like a generation. If you if it's somebody it's like under 30 they're going to pick Amy puller It's somebody over like 40 they're picking Gildan
1: Radner for number eight. And they got they got uh, at, at the 10 spot they got Chevy Chase who he's on there for three years I just I think his mark he is was he no he wasn't an original yeah he
3: was yeah he was on full time first year the after that he wasn't on as many episodes as everybody leads you to believe
1: yeah look you gotta you have to put Farley in the top ten
3: because that's how Bill Murray got in was because Chevy Chase left
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and Bill Murray got into a bunch of those early episodes and became part of the not ready for primetime players.
1: You gotta, you gotta put, you gotta have Farley in there. You have to have Farley in your top 10.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, I have no problem with that. And I'll,
1: I'll tell you what, David Spade only has a career because he hung out with Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> that son of a bitch has never been funny, ever.
3: He's, he's had his moments, but it, it, it just, he, yeah, with Chris Farley next to him, he did,
1: Anybody it, could yeah. have been next to Chris Farley. And I was going
3: to say, if there's a number 11, Adam Sandler got to be, like, number 11.
1: Yeah, he did. I, I would put him in my top 20, definitely, but he would be probably 18 because... It, ah,
3: again, he did a lot of funny stuff on Yeah, but I
1: can't second. separate the shit Adam Sandler we have now from the good Adam Sandler
3: we have I now. know. Yeah, I know it's what you're saying. It's
1: real hard to do that.
3: I know what you're saying, but I'm going by what he did on the show, though.
1: I love that old man, too. I would have to put that old man in, in, in my top <laughs> ten. Oh, what's his name? Tim Krasinski. <laughs> love that dude. But that's enough, SNL. <clears throat> do, do you still watch it? Oh, wait a minute. What? We, we got an honorable mention in my top ten, Father Guido Sarducci. Ah oh, yes, love that dude in there.
3: Somewhere. Love that man. Love that man. Every anytime there's been episodes or anything like that have popped up on TV, like I come across, and it's like if I see Father Guido Sarducci like in the little scroll or whatever, like who's on the episode, yeah. I will sit there and watch that episode until he comes on. Mm-hmm. Because there's a
1: Guido Sarducci going into
3: fucking Hall of Fame this week. Because <laughs> that dude actually showed up on Saturday Night Live, I think three years ago or five years ago. He was on an episode.
1: That guy's still alive? You gotta be shitting me.
3: I don't know if he's still alive today, but I know he was a few years ago because he wow. was on an episode.
1: Do you still do you still watch it?
3: Nah. I, if there is, if I know somebody that's funny is going to be on like, that I would want to see, then I'll pay attention to it.
1: I I watch, if I hear stuff from other people, like you telling me about the Five Timers Club, I'll watch
3: it. Yes. Oh, yeah. If I know that's coming on, I'll watch it.
1: Nobody knew that was coming on. (laughs) That was just great.
3: Yeah, well, but you know what? uh, When Timberlake was doing another appearance, I caught some of the other stuff he did before that, so I, like, made a point to watch it, and I was glad I did. So it's like when I when I know he's gonna be on it's gonna be funny.
1: Yeah. But enough Saturday Night Live. Enough talking. We'll we'll take a break and uh when we come back we will answer some questions. Oh, I just saw Silver Sarah Silverman's face pop up. I can't stand her ass.
3: So. Yeah, she was on for one year. I think
1: uh, ninety three, ninety four. Any 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 girl I she is anti comedy to me. I can't stand her at all.
3: She's had a few moments, but I don't – like, my thing is I don't understand her popularity Uh is my thing.
1: Me neither. But on that note, we'll take a break and we'll come back.
0: that we killed someone last night? Something bad. <laughs> <laughs> Packy,
2: Brian. Packy. Something slimy. What are you doing? Something very...
0: I know something's happened to you. Very... How is that? Hungry. <laughs> you can't keep killing people every time
2: you're hungry. You're mine now, Brian. I own you. you gotta get out of
0: here. Go where?
2: You're a wreck, Brian.
0: Leave me alone. If you want to stop hurting, you come
2: to me. Brain damage, it will turn you inside out. Suppose nature gave a war and everybody came the snakes, the birds, the lizards, and frogs. And suppose that the polluters, the species on earth called man, were the enemy in that war. I still believe man is master of the world. And then suppose that the human race lost. Elliot, Joan Van Art, Adam Roar, Judy Pace. First of all, we're gonna have to try to find our Stuart and Michael. I'll be very honest with you, I don't think we will. Not alive, anyway.
0: Keep talking, Pick, because you're the only one making any sense around here.
2: But whether we find him or not, we've got to get off this damn island. All of us, now!
0: And I am asking to get the hell out of here with someone or by myself.
1: Episode 152, and while we were away, we came across a trailer that we need to see. You haven't seen this yet, have you?
3: I don't believe so. This yeah, is... we've
1: been we've talked about this on the show a couple times. It's uh, the t- the first trailer for... Crimson you know, Peak. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro's Crimson Peak. We're going to watch it. So hit, hit hit it right now. I'm going to check this out, because I, I, I don't know. I've wanted to see this, though. Ghosts are real. Oh no, guys.
3: Ghost for real.
1: I hope this is a Lovecraft thing. What do you be mine? Uh oh, Loki's gonna fuck up stuff. <laughs> I was gonna say.
3: That's the only thing I could see him as. Yeah, I don't think I'll
1: ever see anything. The <laughs> Loki out of that guy. Super creepy. his ultimate masterpiece two I thought that was Mimic this looks too Victorian for me man <laughs> screaming woman in black
3: yeah I was thinking the same thing maybe it's woman in black 3
1: that'd be cool oh wow big fucking scene thing proceed with caution huh has anyone died in this
0: house specific deaths violent deaths There's a ghost. I have to leave. I'm
1: here to take you away.
0: There's
4: no.
1: Was that Brad Pitt? No. This is your home
0: now.
3: It's bootleg Heath Ledger.
1: <laughs> that lady's got serotonin problems. She's got way too much hair. <laughs> well, that really wasn't much of anything.
3: Nope. I, it, it's a ghost movie.
1: I don't know about this Victorian shit. I don't like that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) William Shakespeare going to show up in that fucking movie or something? I'll watch it. It's Guillermo Del Toro. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt almost always. If that makes any sense. I mean, the guy's pretty awesome. I would much rather see Hellboy 3 to be totally honest.
3: Which he did... uh, What was it? Not too long ago.
1: I'd be willing to bet we get that.
3: Yeah, he kind of toyed with the idea, telling people, yeah, it's uh, not too far.
1: We'll get it, I, I'm sure. I'm more positive that we get Hellboy 3 than Evil Dead 4. But, I, I guess.
3: Yeah, well, I think Evil Dead 4 is dead, dead.
1: Well, we got the TV show.
3: Yes, that's why I think it's dead.
1: Which I am reserving my... You know, I I, I will definitely fucking watch it.
3: What's your thoughts on the young two cast members they announced this past week? I don't I
1: I looked I don't know who they are. It it makes no difference to me. I mean, I I just hope they don't have like. I I just get this feeling that Bruce Campbell is going to be in like the first maybe three episodes and then they're going to hand it off to these kids. And, And
3: that would be bad.
1: That would be super fucking bad.
3: That would be bad.
1: But you know how Bruce Campbell is with money. So he'd probably stick around. That's got to get some money. I'm definitely intrigued, interested. They could have cast anybody. I mean, pretty much they're unknown dudes.
3: Yeah, I was just wondering, because I've seen already some people, like, screaming that,
1: oh, they got,
3: it's going to Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Dude, it went Hollywood when it got remade. <laughs>
1: Sam. Ra- There's Dude, Sam Raimi's not going to be not. Yeah. anymore. I mean, you just got to, as much as I want Darkman era Sam Raimi back, I know I'm not going to get it, but at least his style of filmmaking you can pick out in any movie.
3: Yeah, but I was just laughing already to people, like, just flipping on.
1: I do think the half-hour format's bad. I think they should go an hour. I honestly do.
3: Well, I just got to wonder, it goes back to, like, what you were saying, money. And just, they're probably getting a good amount of it, and they're probably like, okay, if we're gonna do this and get out as quick as possible.
1: Well, it's just like, all these shows, like, like, they're all an hour. I mean, Walking Dead, Vikings, Game of Thrones, they're, you gotta, that's what you're competing with, you gotta go an hour. You got your built-in audience already, you gotta, I, I, that, I just think that's a big mistake, going a half hour. There's not much there to work with, and you can do it really good, you just, I just think that's a bad mistake. But anyway, that's here and there. I'll reserve my judgments until I see it. Hopefully by the end of this year. We got questions! A bunch of them!
3: Yes, we do. Uh, excuse me. T-Shirt Joe wants to know, what are your thoughts on the Aliens comic books?
1: Uh, You've got to do this one. I I have no reference at all.
3: I think the Aliens comic... Well, the, the whole point is Dark Horse, from in the beginning, picked up from... Basically, Aliens is what put Dark Horse on the comic book map.
1: And yeah, I know. We've talked about they did Hellraiser and Nightbreed and a lot of those yeah, licenses they, for a lot of shit.
3: They did Predator and Aliens versus Predator. Dark Horse is the reason why we do have Aliens versus Predator. Not a good one, but they have good ones themselves. But they basically picked up from the Colonial Marines storyline – and went hog wild and literally just, they branched off. Like they had one series where it was just called aliens. And it picked up from that movie from the end of the second movie and just went on for years. But what was really awesome by like 1990, they started getting like aliens, earth war aliens, colonial Marines, colonial Marines, part two, um, Aliens, I'm trying to think. There's all these subtitles. like Uh oh
1: breaking news. (laughs) Here come drunken Ed quill questions.
3: (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But just, uh, there's all these, uh, like, little four or five issues of alien sub-stories that were really cool. But possibly the best one was Alien Earth War, because that is the one with, uh... Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley Newt and Michael Bean's character Colonel Hicks or Corporal Hicks and they're all back on Earth and they're fighting the aliens. The aliens have invaded Earth and basically the aliens are about to take over Earth. It's a really cool little storyline Let's not forget Dark Horse also gave us the thing from another world Mm. books. They did a really good job on those I love the aliens comic books especially the early ones They're great. They're still doing them uh, my daughter has a few on her iPod, iPod, uh, iPad and I was reading a couple on there. It was really cool. I love them. If, if you're looking for older comic books to get into, Aliens, it by far. And definitely if you start reading the Aliens vs. Predator comic books or even the novellas they put out, you will want to go and search for the head of Paul W.S. Anderson and anybody that was attached to Aliens versus Predator movies.
1: I agree, on Dan. Well, let's start talking. We were gonna talk about aliens tonight. I guess this is a, a good place to do it.
3: Yeah, especially since, uh, Steve, Steve's question, his next question is, what are your thoughts on Joe's question?
1: Okay, here we go, Steve. Buckle <laughs> up. I, okay, I'll throw it out. I'll start it here. Okay, alien did not get, I, I, this is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 situation for me. I, don't go watch Alien a whole bunch because when I grew up, I watched Aliens a mm-hmm. bunch. And this is like six, seven, eight-year-old Kyle.
3: Yeah, 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 I know what you're saying.
1: Didn't know that that was a sequel. And then I, I found out and I rented Alien and I didn't like it. I think if you watch Aliens, it ruin – first, Yeah, it ruins Alien because – it's just such a blown up version of Alien.
3: Oh yeah, and well I, I was think gonna it's say
1: a much superior version.
3: I was gonna say when I was uh, eleven years old when that movie came out. I was gonna say my head exploded when mm. I seen that movie.
1: I built the fucking I built a bunch of shit out of Legos from Aliens. I liked it though. It's
3: much. just that movie. Blew my absolute mind. And, too, that movie was two hours and 20 minutes long.
1: Mm-hmm. If you watch the theatrical cut, it was long, like the director's cut was even longer.
3: Yeah, the director's cut, which, oh man, for years I looked for. And when they finally put that some bitch out there, like I heard it was on a laser disc.
1: They used and, to play it on TV. Yes. It now used gonna to be known it. as the TV version.
3: Yeah, it, it, that was when it would like play on AMC and it'd be with commercials. It'd be like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> you start
1: at one and it'd be dark outside by the time it was over.
3: <laughs> but it was just, I loved the the deleted scenes to the to the movie too. I thought they're great. I it's a shame they cut them out. I understand, but it just that Aliens was just awesome. But you know what? I seen the first one first. I I know where I know what you're saying. It, the, I can understand the argument. Aliens is a better movie, even though Alien is a great movie. I like yeah. it a lot.
1: It's just I don't go back and watch it a whole bunch. I think I've seen. It I, I was
3: gonna say for me Alien. I gotta watch it from the beginning. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I, Aliens, I, I'll jump in anytime. Yeah, it, yeah, it
3: doesn't matter. Game over, man. Game. <laughs> over. It's like as soon as to see him start screaming, it's like okay, I'm in.
1: Anybody it's, ever mistake you for a girl?
3: <laughs> yeah, it just it's ridiculous, but it's awesome ridiculous. Two going back to the first movie, um, the deleted scene of uh, Tom Skerritt's character being found is really cool too.
1: See, I don't know that. That's no, not you. Much. Don't... I really don't have an interest in Alien, man. Honestly. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Like they're the big there's like a. Couple of deleted scenes. The real big one is uh, Sigourney Weaver's character finds Tom Skerritt. Like he's, he's all, all he's up. all, yeah, he's all cocooned up and everything.
1: Hmm.
3: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: I maybe should not ever do a podcast because I don't know this
3: stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. But <sighs> well, I, you, the sad part is, I
3: think ninety percent of horror movie fans today, when anytime Aliens is brought up, the, the movie series. Everybody always starts from the second film. Mm-hmm. I, I I think there there is no wrong way of thinking that. I understand that totally.
1: But I just I don't know. Okay, what do you think about Aliens three? Because I happen to like Alien three. I enjoyed it. I think it's a slasher movie.
3: I could see that. Now it, it, you got to get past because I did like before. This is is my. Uh, Fango reading days, like, really reading Fango's back-to-back. You know, it was supposed back. to be something
1: completely different.
3: Yeah, and I was already prepared, like, when I went to the theater, I was already prepared that Hicks dies, Newt dies, okay, I'm over that. Yeah. Where seeing it in the theater, there was a lot of people that were pissed off. You know what I mean? It just, like, kind of blew that movie off even before it came out. Like, I think... If they would have been involved, I think that movie makes more money than it did. But I agree. I can see It what really you're
1: seems dumb to kill those characters. The, the first thing you do, you're just, they're dead.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I like the premise that it's on a prison planet. But, yeah, killing those characters off kind of, like, stupefied the movie. Yeah. But I, I like it. I like the director's cut, too.
1: Hmm. I, I think the director's cut is better. I like yes, the fact that the the alien comes from an ox, not a not a dog. <laughs> I don't know why they just bring that ox in. It's all covered in maggots and shit. I, I love the idea of the prison planet. Yeah, it, it, it's a good slasher movie. The the effects are. I kind of give it a pass because this was, you know, right when they were. Sometimes I give movies a pass because it, with the CG. Yeah, it's it's at the birth, man. It's they really don't know how to use it yet. It did look horrible, though. I'm not going to say it didn't. It looked like fucking garbage, but I still liked it because I I've, I've always thought that was a slasher movie. I like David Fincher. I like I, I like fucking Charles Dance. I, I like
3: the, torn up a torn up uh, Lance Henriksen android. Uh
1: huh. I, I like the fact I liked Rock's character. I don't uh, what's his real. I don't know. I just always call him Rock. Uh, Charles During? Is
3: it? Oh, that dude's dead, no.
1: No, 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 no not Charles. What, Rock's dead?
3: Yeah, he's dead.
1: Shut the fuck up. You... <laughs> he's dead. Uh-oh. I'm looking at I don't believe you. I'm looking at it. I'm uh...
3: telling you, I believe he's dead. How did dead. Rock,
1: Rock is not Charles During?
3: I forget his name, too, Charles now. Dutton. Yes,
1: there you go. He's dead. No, he's alive. No he is not Yes he is. No he is. not According to IMDb he is born January 30th 1951. And they're lying. He's dead. dead. No he's not.
4: Yes he is. <laughs> is he's not he dead, dead. He
1: might have morphed into uh into uh what's his nuts? What's his <laughs> fucking crazy eye. Uh he might have morphed into Forrest Whitaker but he's not dead.
3: He's dead.
1: I like I like the fact that they're all religious convicts on this shit fuck planet that That don't that you they have no big guns now. They they barely. I think they even say in the movie they barely have the capacity to make fire. Yes. And I love all the the fucking mold works they're running around in. I don't know. I just I gotta. I I know it's a bad movie, but I got a soft spot in it.
3: But what do you think about
1: about Alien Four? Because I think Alien Four redeemed everything.
3: I love Resurrection.
1: Oh, dude, Resurrection is fucking great.
3: You got Ron Perlman and Aliens Underwater,
1: mm-hmm. and you got what's his face from The Crow, like one of yes. my favorite actors. Yeah, but I can't think of his name off the top of my head.
3: He's not in the movie long, though. That's no, but
1: every character in that movie is pretty fucking cool. Even the dude in the wheelchair. I love how like everybody, every character in that movie is so flushed out. It's ridiculous. Like, in the and the inside jokes, kind of like when they're all sitting around drinking that shit moonshine. And they're watching QVC and it's like a gun, a QVC channel selling old guns. And, and Winona Ryder's drunk. And I just, I love it. It's like a really cool comic book movie. That's not a comic book. I don't know how to explain it better than that. And, and it's actually one of the movies that, that frightened me in the theater. <laughs> I don't know why. I was Way older than I should have been getting frightened of this movie. Like I was, I was way too old for that to happen to me. But when they got Brad Dorff cocooned, yes. that scared the living shit out of me and I left the theater. And he's, he's just sitting up there in the wall talking about how they're all beautiful butterflies. And it's almost like he's trying to talk his way out of getting killed by the alien scared the bejesus out of me and I left. I had to go to the bathroom and calm down.
3: I like the end of Aliens Resurrection because it seemed like it was setting up for Alien Earth War. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Like the, it seemed like the aliens were gonna, yeah, kind of like in a mimic type thing. Like they were gonna figure out how to become human and Mm -hmm. like evolve into humans. Which I don't know. I don't know if that would have ever happened because who wants to watch an Aliens movie where they're just people fighting people? Didn't. I go there to see the, the aliens because they're such a cool fucking design, and and they've got acid for blood, and they got, like, two sets of fucking mouths and a kick-ass whiptail. <laughs> That's why I go see them. But, yeah, I think we're both fucking right. Alien 4 is just righteous as shit. Oh, yeah. And another one movie, I, if I see it on the TV, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll watch yep. it for wherever it is.
3: I agree. I agree, and I never had a problem with Venona Ryder being in the alien resurrection. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are.
1: I like the fact that she's that alien or that uh, android that has become to believe that she is human, mm-hmm. and that she burned her modem, and there was a, a whole race of them, and she's about to kill. <laughs> but what do you think about Alien versus Predator?
3: Uh, did, I we'll just lump
1: these two in together because they're it, both.
3: The sad part is Requiem tried to rectify things. That's the sad part of this.
1: Too bad it's barely a movie because you can't even see it.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, but from the beginning, Aliens vs. Predator is such an abomination that it literally ruined what comic books and novelizations that dark horse did and built up for several years was ruined in like less than 30 minutes of a movie like they completely just massacred it like they was like really this is what you went for
1: like was this was this the beginning of the tim gross hatred for paul w s anderson
3: oh d- dude did this put it this way Hated Resident Evil. But if there's a reason I want to be the person that digs his grave, this was the movie. Mm. I, I literally, I would set his grave on fire. I, I just, it pisses me off he had anything to do with this. But the sad part is, I know it wasn't him that ruined this movie. <laughs> That's the sad part. I cannot blame him. This is more of 20th Century Fox thinking they're smarter than other people, not taking the time this needed, and just putting out this random, just stupid, fucked up version of Alien vs. Predator out there where this could have been epic. Aliens vs. Predator, let me just say this, could have been Lord of the Rings before Peter Jackson did Lord of the Rings.
1: They had such a fucking like pile of stuff to pull from.
3: Exactly. This was so epic. I mean, and that was the thing. It had room to bring in Sigourney Weaver as part of the universe, if you would have liked. I don't know if you wanted to pull in Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I mean, either way, without them, you still had so much to pull, so much information, so much cool stuff. And within 30 minutes, of the first 30 minutes of the movie, you basically shot everything to hell with what you did in Aliens vs. Predator. Yeah, it just it, it, you killed it. And then, like I said, as much as I hate Paul W. S. Anderson, I cannot blame it on him. He was by time it got to him, he was just collecting the paycheck. And it's not because if they would have went and made the movie it was supposed to be. Paul W.S. Anderson, his brain wouldn't have been able to hold the capacity of how good that movie would be, so he would have just self-imploded.
1: But the thing about that is, like, Paul W.S. Anderson is capable of making a really good fucking movie.
3: Event Horizon? Yeah. Yes.
1: Like, I don't get it. And I don't even, well, that's besides the point. I don't even think he fucking tries anymore.
3: Yeah, but Aliens vs. Predator, if it's the one thing about – if there's one thing about the later sequels and when they come out and everything else, even before Aliens vs. Predator, 20th Century Fox, if there's something – they missed out on what could have been even bigger franchises than they are today. They missed out. They screwed up. And I don't think they'll ever admit to that. I just, no. I think it comes down to it's a studio that thinks they're smarter than everybody else.
1: You know what? We're not even going to talk about Requiem because it's barely a movie.
3: No, I, no, it, there's no point. That, mm. That's why I was glad you said we'll just combine those movies.
1: Yeah, there is stuff I like about Alien vs. Predator. I like Lane Hendrickson's character. I, I like that, how they brought in. Uh, that's how the Mayans disappeared.
3: That is part. Yeah, I was gonna say, a little bit of that. Thirty seconds of that movie is in all the Aliens versus Predator comic books and novelizations.
1: And that, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. They go underground. I love any movie that goes underground for some reason. But yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> I, this was one of the movies I used to like, and then I watched it, and I've watched it three or four times, and I'm just like, this is bad, this is just terrible. And I, I saw Aliens and versus Predator Requiem in the theater, and I was just like, man, I
3: did too, I did too. Uh, just you. The only the only reason I own a copy of Aliens versus Predator is because Lance Henderson
1: There's like I saw both of those, and when I watched Requiem in the theater, you could like audibly hear. People in the crowd being like, is this movie fucked up? Is there something wrong? <laughs> like, people would turn around and ask people, is this... It,
3: that good? movie doesn't get played at all on any channel.
1: Yeah, no shit. Uh, like, they would turn around and they would be like, Uh is this supposed to how it happens?
3: Yeah, that movie bombed horribly. And,
1: well, fucking way to like that movie, idiots. But there's our thoughts on the Alien series. So what else we got for questions? I know Edgar okay. went blowed up our fucking Facebook page. Oh,
3: uh, if he has, he hasn't shown up here. Should I, should I, here, give me a second. You Let
1: need me. to refresh, sir.
3: Uh, I'll refresh, just see if, oh, Jesus Christ, where did that question come from?
1: <laughs> Hold, on.
3: <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, because I was going to say, usually it tells me when it's updating, and it hasn't updated at all. Okay, hold on.
1: <laughs> We've got like 20 questions. <laughs> yeah,
3: I see Quaid now. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Where is it?
3: Uh, Space Jesus Bryce Katzman, he wants to know, what are your thoughts on tuna melts?
1: Uh, don't like tuna, but I do love melts. So, 50-50.
3: <laughs> sure. I say sure. Why not? He wants to know, do you wear slippers? Nope. Nope, but when it's this fucking cold and I'm sitting at my computer, for some reason, if I don't have my boots on, I do have slippers on, just because I get a odd breeze underneath the computer desk and it feels like my feet are outside where it's minus five right now. It's
1: the boogans, dude. (laughs) The (laughs) boogans are in your
3: house. (laughs) Uh, Newt Cox. newt wants to know whatever happened to y'all's original third member i don't know he died with charles S. dutton
1: <laughs> he became bootleg Yafet kodo i don't know he's probably doing he's probably doing voiceover for jason Statham somewhere <laughs> i just
3: yes yes there you go
1: yes i i am to no... totally honest i don't know what
3: yeah i honestly i do newt i don't know if anyone knows let's put it that way yeah
1: he has defriended everybody like literally overnight and that dude was gone we don't know what
3: yeah i we're pretty
1: certain we didn't do anything to him
3: uh t-shirt joe says i bought alien isolation for my brother this past christmas should i've kept it for myself yes
1: i don't know i i after that Colonial Marines game came out and, and was such horrible crap, I didn't bother on isolation. Somebody else listen I have to the, the show? Let me I know. Have
3: the, I have the newer, what is it, Aliens vs. Predator on Xbox 360 game. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Where you can either play a Predator or you can play a Colonial Marine.
1: Oh, I'm a Colonial Marine.
3: Okay. Uh, Dan, uh, how to print Dan. He wants to know: Is that one guy in Repo Jake wearing an Iron City T-shirt? <laughs> sure. Dan and I we we talked this out today <laughs> through email. I thought there was one, <laughs> and apparently it is.
1: <laughs> Are you sure? it really well as an Iron City. Man?
3: Yes, there is a guy wearing an Iron City T-shirt in the movie.
1: Good God.
3: Uh, T-Shirt Joe, he wants to know, could the thing replicate a xenomorph, or would its acidic blood prevent that from happening?
1: That's a good question that I feel like I'm unqualified to answer.
3: I would love to see that. That sounds like a movie that would be awesome, but Hollywood would fuck up. And it's called Alien vs. Predator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you wouldn't like to see Aliens versus The Thing?
3: I, I would love to see it. Oh, would... I just don't think it would happen.
1: No, uh uh-uh.
3: No, it, it just it would not happen. The
1: thing would fuck aliens up, dude.
3: I'm they they. i would, I'm surprised Dark Horse didn't do...
1: They had a, the lights for both of them?
3: Yeah, I, that's why I'm surprised they didn't do the comic book for it.
1: Well, come to uh, think of it, if that movie was ever made, Kurt Russell would just win, so... What's <laughs> yeah, uh, the point, really?
3: <laughs> James Peter Cox wants to know Spielberg's E.T. may have won the battle in 1982 cinema box office battle. But would Carpenter's the Thing win the war in terms of box office if released the same weekend as E.T. today in 2015? I have my opinion about this. I'll let you answer it first.
1: He's saying if they were both released today, who would win? Yes. Oh, man. I don't know, dude. That's really hard because that kid genre is super popular. Unbelievable popular. And, and the funny thing is, you know how I talk about – uh. Uptown, the the theater uptown, all they play is kids' movies. Yes. You know what they're playing now?
3: What are they playing now?
1: Shades of Grey. Oh, God. We're only going to show PG movies until mom porn comes along. Then we can line our pockets.
3: And, well, it has made 90 million this weekend.
1: Bunch of horny moms out there, dude.
3: Reason why.
1: It's all word of mouth. People just fucking who cares. I don't know, man. I, I think. I think ET would beat the thing if they were both released today but as as far as winning the war all oh, I think the, the thing destroys ET
3: Here's my opinion um the thing would never be released today
1: too graphic and gory and violent yeah
3: yes it would never be released you have it would no be on video demand you would have, and I you think
1: have no woman to sell that movie on this yes, like they do today in,
3: Et is released. Et wouldn't be released until the summer, and it'd be like the you. It would be you. It'd be sticking with Cars 3 or yeah. It, it just it would be bigger than even then, and it was huge then. Don't get me wrong, it was huge. You couldn't poop without seeing yeah. an Et advertisement back in the day. Did
1: you did, did you see it in the in the, I saw it at, I, at a drive-in.
3: No, I did not. I, I didn't, didn't I didn't totally. like it when I was
1: a kid. I just didn't get it. I was, did not like it. I that. got
3: it. I just... I wasn't that in the E.T. Yeah, me neither. I, I played the Atari game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh But I just think with the thing not being released at the time it was, I think a lot of horror movies would have either not been released or have been changed or altered in some way. Because I still think today... People still look back at, uh, Rob Botine's effects. And, it's never been beat. Yeah, they still hold that. I think the thing is one of those movies that, you know, will be talked about mm-hmm. for a long time because I think if it doesn't come out when it did and it doesn't bomb the way it does, I don't think it has an effect on horror movies as it did as. Considering sci-fi movies as time went on.
1: Yeah, well look at John Carpenter's career. He's always had the last laugh. A lot of his movies have been bombs at the, at the box office, like Big Trouble in Little China, all that shit. Now they're fucking legendary. Like that man was so far ahead of his time. But let me ask you this. Who do you think wins in, in a two, if, if they put out today, if they re-released nationally E.T. and The Thing, For a two-week run, who do you think makes more money? The Thing. I don't know. I think E.T. does.
3: I think if you tell people, hey, the Thing's going to be on 35mm, people will come.
1: Oh, I'm coming. (laughs) In my pants. And to the theater.
3: I think people would come. But anyhow, uh, which I have seen, and it's beautiful. Uh,
1: Did you see that... Did you see that rare teaser trailer that the people found? Yes, yes. I thought that was crazy.
3: That was cool. And that's what I said. It had to be one of those like investment things or somebody said they believe it was like a film festival thing in 1981.
1: It was cool.
3: I I said that was really cool. But it's kind of like it reminds me of uh, Cunningham when he was shopping Friday the 13th around.
1: Yeah, he just had a poster. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bryce wants to know if you could be a fly on the wall for one moment in history, either in real or cinematic, what would it be?
1: Kennedy assassination <laughs> hands down. I would be a fly on the wall of the grassy knoll. What about you
3: I don't know this is this is uh
1: the birth of Charles band <laughs> <laughs> you know it would be awesome. <laughs>
3: Uh, no, oh, the fly. I'd like to be the fly on the wall when Charles Band decides he's going to do the first Puppet Master movie <laughs> <laughs> that I that I would I would not mind. Hmm. And I would not mind. Okay, T-shirt Joe wants to know who wins in a fight: the dog soldiers or Cap Wolf from the Werewolf Captain America? Which, by the way, Joe sent us a caption. It looks really. I, cool. I had
1: to look this up, and, and yes, there was a run of. I, I think, from at least what I read, of a four-issue arc where Captain America did get turned into a werewolf. And I, I think I think Captain Werewolf Captain America sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I want to go with did. that.
3: <laughs> he sounds like I wouldn't mind that being like a, a movie Captain America. Yeah, I, had
1: to, I had to look it up because I was like, well, you know, my, <laughs> my gears in my mind are, are turning. I'm like, well, Mobius, the living vampire clearly had to have something to do with this. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Because I was a big M- Morbius fan. And no, nope. I, I think Captain America werewolf would be just awesome. Yeah, it would be. Get on it, Marvel Universe.
3: Uh, Gary Hill, he chimes in. He wants to know, do you think not making a Sasquatch vs. Lance Henriksen in space movie was a missed opportunity? I say hell yeah. Fuck yes. Damn right. Uh, he's, uh, Gary says one more. If John Rambo invaded Grizzly Adams Woods, would they set, set Arnie-like traps for each other a la Predator? <laughs>
1: That's a good movie. I want to see that.
3: I think Rambo would fucking shit down Grizzly Adams' fucking fat ass neck.
1: I think you're right, but I'd still want to see that fucking movie.
3: Because if I remember correctly, Grizzly Adams wasn't like any kind of violent dude no, or anything. No, he
1: was he was like Mountain Man.
3: Yeah, he was mountain man who's just living in the mountains, well, I don't doing know. absolutely nothing.
1: I don't know. He beat that guy up in the first five minutes
3: of Repo Jake pretty good. <laughs> well that's a different story. We'll yeah. get into that, yeah. But yeah, uh, no. I, I I just I think Rambo takes a shit on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, Rambo, 15 minutes in, Rambo's roasting him like that goat he talks about in the first first one.
1: <laughs> isn't that the, isn't it the same goat that shows up in part three where they're playing that weird throw the dead goat game around?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, Bryce chimes in. What is the weirdest thing Yins have ever done? This show.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. What's the weirdest thing I've ever done? I have no fucking clue, dude. Like, weird shit to me is just, like, like that's weird to everybody else. It's not <clears> to <throat> me. This show. <laughs> yeah, this show, I suppose.
3: Uh, Bryce also wants to know, what do you think turning into a werewolf is a metaphor for? Puberty. Exactly. Have yin's ever been slapped or slapped another?
1: Uh, I told the I told the story. I didn't slap him, but I hit him. Yes. I sold the Fred Durst, I punched him in the face story.
3: Uh, t-shirt Joe wants to know, can either of you swim?
1: Uh, uh, weird note, I am an excellent diver.
3: Uh, an I excellent diver? I can dive
1: like a motherfucker. <laughs> I can pull gainers, I can pull half gainers, I can do one and a halves, I can do two and a halves.
3: I can do cannonballs.
1: Yeah, I could do watermelons, <laughs> yeah. I could do the blind pirate. <laughs> diets, smackers. Belly smackers. I can pull watermelon.
3: <coughs> oh, man. I I swim great.
1: Yeah, me too. My parents have a in-, in ground pool. That of I've never been can. in. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, don't, I, I swim. I just don't.
3: <clears throat> okay, uh, the beginning of the Ed Quinlan
1: Lightning Round lightning round.
3: As far as I know, I have all of them.
1: Okay. Yeah, he's done. He probably okay. lost okay.
3: out. Okay. Quinlan, uh, he wants to know, can you get neck aids from rubbing against a drunken zombie dolphin with rabies while drinking yingling from an old shoe worn by Joan Rivers' corpse?
1: You can get a lot worse shit than neck aids from that, sir.
3: <laughs> okay. You, it, can get
1: the, you can get the dreaded, the dreaded gonamata from that shit.
3: Oh, you're going to be upset with Quinlan. Was that? Is Night of the Demons 2 any good? I always thought it looked stupid.
1: I say it's on par with the first one. I, I, I like I do. it.
3: I think it's the third one you got to mm. kind of worry about. Yep. Uh, Quinlan wants to know, does anybody really like Orange Pop?
1: I do every once in a while. I thought, like, when I went to Mexico, they don't have, like, Mountain Dew and Coke and, and stuff down there. We They had Fanta, and that's what I drank, and it was great.
3: I'm not a big Fanta fan. Really? It's if I'm gonna drink like I, I like you said, I I do drink orange pop once in a while. If I do grab one, I wanna grab a Sunkist or a Crush.
1: I'll tell you what's fucking fantastic. Is in the summer, when it gets mm-hmm. real hot at work, Grape Crush is just the fucking
3: good stuff. Yeah. That
1: is the shit.
3: I, I've had that too, but yeah, I've just I'm weird. I've always been, I've always like sun kissed.
1: Yeah, that's good Even, stuff.
3: Yeah, crush is good too.
1: Anything that's- diet, but my, I think my my personal favorite cola drink of all time is sparkling vanilla cream soda. <sighs> God, and, and it's hard to find.
3: Oh, you want to see somebody like completely just puke on command? Give me Diet Coke
1: anything diet like. I'll puke on command dude diet is just rancid balls to me (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah. uh Quillen wants to know what the fuck happened to the guy who directed Total Recall Robocop etc did he get eaten by Zidgets or something
1: I think he I don't know man what did showgirls happen to Paul Verhoeven uh yeah I don't know it just seems like that guy's real smart and he got in and said what he had to say and and got out yeah
3: and I think this next question is for T-Shirt Joe, but he wants to know, why do Mexicans hate other Mexicans?
1: I <laughs> will defer that to T-Shirt Joe.
3: That's a race relation question.
1: Yeah, it all has to go to T-Shirt Joe. Joe, Joe actually, you know what? He, didn't he comment on this before?
3: Yeah, I think it was like the first appearance of T-Shirt Joe. Either the first or the second appearance on Bloodbaths and Boomsticks. Joe actually explained this whole, like... Why Mexicans even hate him, which I found really interesting, actually.
1: Didn't it have something to do with, like, Joe was born in America, but or so, something like, I don't know, Maybe I'm trying to remember, like, Mexicans born in Mexico hate Mexicans that were born in America.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's something like, like that, a, yeah. Okay, Quinn wants to know if you could die while watching any movie, what would it be? He says mine would be Beetlejuice. Spookies. I always thought, like literally, as my eyes are going shut, it would be the end of John Carpenter's The Thing.
1: Oh, that you just got real serious. I'm gonna have to. (laughs) I'm gonna have to change my answer. As much as I would want it to be Spookies, I I I would have to pick Evil Dead too, as it is my fucking favorite movie ever.
3: I'm just thinking, you know, hearing that music in the background as you fade off.
1: Or, not, or, not knowing. or I would like to die with watching Rock and Roll High School, whether Ramones are playing Rock and Roll High School.
3: There you go. Uh, Quillen wants to know, why do people wear flip-flops to the mall? I think this question should be for Rick Fusselman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quillen wants to know, how come Swamp, Swamp Thing? I think he's trying to say Swamp Thing. He says Swamp Think hasn't <laughs> been remade properly.
1: Well, was it made properly to begin with?
3: Yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> as much as I like the first movie and really always enjoyed Dirty Dick Durdock.
1: Did you see Dr. Arcane just died? Really? Yeah, Dr. Arcane, R.I.P.
3: The original?
1: Today, yeah.
3: Oh, my God. I thought that dude was dead a while ago. Nope,
1: just died today. Oh. R.I.P., uh, let me look him up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. Arcane. Yeah. Weird, creepy dude from the West Craven movie. We all know. Uh, Quillen wants to know: Does Swampfling use toilet paper?
1: I would no. So he doesn't have man, to. No, he, it's photosynthesis, man. He just absorbs all his waste. Like I yeah.
3: was going to say, it probably just falls out of him.
1: No, he doesn't. He He, harv- he doesn't harvest it, but he, he uh, <laughs> he'll need toilet paper, man. Fucking. So
3: He's got moss in his butthole.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: Quinlan wants to know, does Swamp Thing send out Valentine's Day cards to tree season?
1: <laughs> he should send a Valentine's Day card to, uh, to Hellblazer. Don Constantine, uh, cause he fucked his... How did that go? I don't know. There was a series of comics, and this is also a T-shirt Joe question. I was gonna say. A, Constantine had to bang Swamp Thing's wife to get her pregnant or something like that. I don't know. Is that, <laughs> Dr. Arcane's name, by the way, was Louis Jourdain. Yes.
3: Yes. Also
1: the bad guy from Octopussy.
3: How old was that dude? Um,
1: let's see, born, ooh, 1921. Whoa, oh, Born. you, so he, he's, what, 90? He's 94? an old son of a bitch. Yeah. Damn. Fucking making Damn. movies all the way up to 1992. He was in Year of the Comet and. Zip done.
3: Hmm. Okay, uh, has Swamp Thing ever banged a tree?
1: Sure. (laughs) There is a a, a fucking medical term for people that are attracted to trees.
3: And for the last question from Quinlan, if you could erase a horror franchise from existence besides Resident Evil, which you have already just
1: took what I wanted erased.
3: Uh, What would you pick?
1: Honestly, I would pick Hellraiser.
4: Mm. Because
1: there are arguably only one good Hellraiser movie. And that's the second one. See, I love the first one. I don't dig... The book is so much better. And I do not dig that first movie. It only really got good in part two. Part three is like... Uh, a, like, that's not supposed to be a safe movie. Mm-hmm. And, and part three kind of made it into, like, a cheesy 90s horse movie. I love part four, but then after that.
3: See, see going into the same thing,
1: like, oh, man.
3: It just, Resident Evil just kills off a <laughs> you lot.
1: can't pick Resident Evil, Tim. It's a <laughs> very, very specific question we have here. I
3: know. It's killing me. It is really killing me erase a horror franchise would from erase,
1: existence. If, I, I would erase all Halloween movies past part three.
3: I uh, See, I was thinking that, but I like part four, but I could understand that. You know what I mean? At least I understand that.
1: I, I, Scream, <sighs> I would erase Scream. That's my legit answer because I think Scream was, was decent, I don't like it, and it ruined a lot of shit.
3: Now, see, that. I can erase the sequels. I'll take the first one.
1: And I could also erase the Blair Witch Project, just because of we're still in the throes of that Blair Witch Project. Shit.
3: Hmm. Man, I'm really thinking this, and it just—it's killing me.
1: Just say House of the Dead.
3: <laughs> no, see, because that's not even really a franchise. I'm trying to think: is there something legitimate, wit- legitimately out there?
1: Witchcraft. Witchcraft, there's like 13 of them, and they're all terrible.
3: Yeah, there we go. That, yeah, I'll go with that. If I can't pick Resident Evil, yeah.
1: No one would miss... Erase them just for the fact that no one would miss them. No horror fan ever talks about the Witchcraft series.
3: There's a few people, because there's people out there looking for... Yeah, you know
1: what those people are called? <laughs> Maybe Monday fans?
3: They're looking for, like, the VHS copies of Witchcraft 12.
1: hmm it's just, I, you know what? I've never seen any of those movies.
3: I think no. I've seen the first one. You think? <laughs> I think. Oh, it's sure. been so long. Let, let's say, I, I don't go out of my way to say, hey, I need to.
1: Yeah, I have no like desire to ever watch any of those. Who knows? Anyway, what, what do you want to talk, Repo Jake?
3: Oh, if you want me to talk Rebo Jake, I'll talk Rebo Jake now. Were
1: we, were we gonna talk about anything else? Do we have anything else planned?
3: Not that I know.
1: <laughs> oh, shit! Breaking news! Those reaction action figures? Yes. Uh, breaking news, you're gonna get Quint Hooper and Captain Brody, and the shark, and, uh, Hooper in a dive suit. Ooh! And, oh, I want Quint.
3: I was gonna say I gotta want Quint now. I
1: gotta get Quint.
3: <laughs> and you know you need to get I
1: need, uh. I need Chief Brody for just cause. It's yeah, my Dad. I was
3: gonna say you need to get your dad one. And,
1: and why not have Hooper? Because you gotta have three.
3: Yeah, if you're gonna get them, you gotta have all of them. Cause you know you're gonna actually take them out of the package and set them up at no, times.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's too bad I don't have a boat to put them on. But Repo Jake, let's fucking get this over with.
3: Okay. <laughs> Repo Jake, the direct the video action film where Dan Haggerty stars and doesn't change clothes and wears loafers throughout the entire movie.
1: He was on a cigarette break from something else and he filmed this movie on.
3: <laughs> apparently, well, apparently,
1: you know,
3: Repo Jake. He's not Repo Jake yet. Jake is uh comes into town, I forget exactly what town it is, but he comes into this small town and he's looking for, uh, he l- left wherever he was at, come into a town to get a job as a repo man. And the first thing he does, some purse snatchers run him past him, he beats him up, throws him through a bunch of pizza pizza windows, meets a, a wannabe actress, and she points him to the direction of where he could find an apartment, gets an apartment, of course, in her building, and he goes to his new job at K&K Repo. Mm-hmm. Well, he's introduced to his new friends. He's introduced to slam, his slam track racing. Uh, Haggerty also does his own stunts. And basically...
1: Quote, unquote, stunts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he been about
1: as much stunts as big, fat-ass Dan Haggerty could do.
3: Repo Jake, he makes his bones by going to grab his uh, supposedly dr- his small-time drug dealer's Mercedes, gets it, it repossessed his car, brings it back. Everybody's impressed. Next thing you know, he's repossessing choppers. Uh, and this low-level king named King drug dealer, he, he hears about Repo Jake, and he's pissed off because Repo Jake's blonde friend, tried to steal his car several times, or I should say repossess his car several times. So it never happened because Repo Jake repossessed his car. He's all pissed off and wants to figure out what he can do in order to get, you know, get back at Repo Jake. So during this time, Repo Jake does develops a relationship with this young budding actress and basically King kidnaps her and basically tells Repo Jake, You gotta win the race so I can win money and you could have her back. But Repo Jake ain't having any of that. He's winning the race and then he decides to just slow down and let his buddy from the Repo joint win the race. So the dude is broke, and they just bust out into a Smokey and the Bandit Hooper fight at the end. It's (laughs) all the Repo dudes and King and his drug-dealing friends. And then the big-time drug dealer comes to get King and tells everybody, go away. And he kills King, and Repo Jake and his girlfriend live happily ever after in the action film Repo Jake. direct the video 1990, (laughs) that was never released in theaters. (laughs) shocking. I couldn't even find a budget on this thing. It was... As I said last night about Megaforce, this is the kind of garbage I enjoy. And I love it. I see your post. Why in the hell am I reviewing Repo Jake?
1: Fuck Repo Jake, the end. (laughs) I, I watched it, and... I regret it. <laughs> I could have I could have done the dishes. I could have vacuumed out my car. Uh took Kamala for a walk.
3: Let me ask you a question about a scene in a movie. Did you piss your pants when he's given the lung, the young lady who's trying to be an actress? Did you piss your pants when he is teaching her how to act?
1: Not as much as I pissed my pants over the first 5 minutes. Where he like totally Roddy Piper's his way into this town,
4: <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> he beats dude.
1: Up a dude, and throws him through a window of a pizza shop, and he th- and like like this is a, a three minute fight. And he, okay, set it up. There's a three minute fight. The first thing that happens in the movie is Repo Jake strutting down the street all Roddy Piper like he just walks in, in his loafers, in his in his fucking McFoley uh, red flannel shirt. Uh, sees a guy per snatch a lady. Uh, the lady says, get that guy. Uh, Repo Jake throws a clothesline, throws him through a window of a pizza store. Uh, the camera <laughs> flashes on the owner of the pizza store who couldn't give a fuck. He was there. That guy is some dude with a mustache just like didn't give a fuck. It's just like all oh, this happens every day. A guy throws a dude through the window of my store. But it, and then Repo Jake throws him out of another window and gives the purse back and it was like so it it this was PM Entertainment and you know very standard PM Entertainment stuff.
3: Which do you uh, know who owns PM Entertainment now?
1: I don't. I feel like John Crosswood
3: Echo Bridge Entertainment actually is.
1: Oh, I'm not surprised.
3: And Echo Bridge is actually still alive and kicking. Ooh. They have, oh my God, they have more stuff. Oh, wait, Echo stuff.
1: Bridge is still alive?
3: Yes. Yeah, they put out shit all the
1: time. I think they have found their niches like the Walmart.
3: Yeah, the like Dollar General, Walmart, eight three, packs.
1: Four packs, yeah, I think that's yeah. where they found their niche.
3: They own... So many of these titles like Repo Jake, it is ridiculous.
1: I, I, I pulled up the director of Repo Jake, <laughs> and good God almighty, this, <laughs> this fucking Joseph Mary guy, he he, he hasn't directed anything, but...
3: Repo yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he did anything. <laughs> but
1: he has produced everything. If it's... I, I feel like this is, like, probably... Like, John Cross owns all these. They're like, straight to DVD, like, mid-90s action movies. Like, I'll, I, I'll, like, I'm recognizing Bikini Summer 3, uh, Executive Target, I recognize, uh, Skyscraper, Cyber Tracker 2, Hologram Man, I know that movie, mmm. Deadly Target, I know that movie. Zero Tolerance, I know that. Ring of Fire, Bikini Summer 2. Oh, yeah, here you go, Tim. Code, CIA, Codename Alexa. That uh, Rothrock movie. Yeah. Ring of Fire, I recognize. Nothing like real good, but I'm going to send you, he did this movie, and I'm going to send it to you right now because you're going to shit your pants. Okay. And, you're forbidden to do this on the show? <laughs> is this another
3: one? Uh-huh. I just found the Macho Man <laughs> picture Josh
1: put on your page. Oh, the the Brawlin Buddy.
3: The Brawlin Buddy, which I have a quick story. I have a story my about daughter, the brawlin' buddy. My daughter had a few of the brawlin buddies. Apparently her the Macho Man was possessed. Like middle of the night it'd just be like my leg is freaking. <laughs> break, break my left arm yeah yep. it' would go off constantly
1: uh-huh uh that was one of the wrestling things that me and Brian had at our apartment when we went wrestling toy crazy okay but repo Jake's terrible fuck it in repo Jake's butt integrity <laughs> is terrible but did you see what I the movie that he directed that I just sent you
3: oh uh, hold on looking now. Oh, come on, just come up. It refuses to come. up.
1: You can't see little Bigfoot.
3: It 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 literally has frozen my computer. <laughs> Whatever it is, it has frozen the computer.
4: <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'll <laughs> try again. It literally has frozen the computer.
1: There you go. Look at that. Look at that poster art!
3: Go on, it's coming up on its own.
1: It's horrifying. Look (laughs) at Little Bigfoot!
3: Little Bigfoot superimposed in the poster.
1: (laughs) That's nightmare fuel, Little Bigfoot.
3: We're doing that. We're doing that.
1: No, we're not doing Little Bigfoot.
3: Yes, then we're doing Adventures in Dinosaur City.
1: Do you know how much money we'll have to pay Lance Hendrickson if we do Little Bigfoot?
3: I don't care. Look who's in it. PJ Souls is in it.
1: PJ Souls is not. Oh my god, she is. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Unfucking. she
3: plays cool. Little Bigfoot.
1: <laughs> it's cool. Swedish. It's awesome. Oh, Jesus Christ. Little Bigfoot is not on our show.
3: <laughs> We're doing that.
1: You find a copy. Go right ahead.
3: Don't don't make me call down out of print, print Dan. <laughs>
1: what do you give Repo Jake?
3: I, I give, give it me...
1: zero beer <laughs>
3: I give it three out of four.
1: <laughs> You're fucking retarded. There's Repo Jake has no redeeming quality. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> fucking awesome. <laughs> it's not fucking awesome. It sucks. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Fucking great. <laughs> it's not even funny. And to get a bunch of dudes with the six pack oh. and a pizza away. <laughs> dude i was laughing the whole time because it's bad because <laughs> i knew you'd be bitching it's terrible oh my god uh breaking news pj souls is also in a movie called imps and it looks like a uh it looks like a like a, a fucking anthology movie for kids uh also starring linda blair Oh, uh, not for kids, because it also has Marilyn Chambers and Sybil Danning in it, so that's not for kids.
3: I forgot to tell you breaking news. Did you see who's working on a Blu-ray of Sorceress starring Linda Blair?
1: Linda Blair's in Sorceress? Yes. That's That's the movie we've always wanted to fucking get.
3: Well, we might want to wait, because guess who's working on it?
1: Scream Factory?
3: Synapse.
1: I think I knew that.
3: Yeah, where's this imps?
1: I just uh, clicked off of it. I don't know.
3: I'm looking for imps. I seen she was in uh, Innocent Prey, Simon and Simon, Alienator, Little Bigfoot. She was in Jawbreaker, really? Oh, this is new. There's imps. This is new. That's weird. Mythical place called Hollywood.
1: <laughs> watch the full movie on Amazon Prime.
3: I'm sure you could, because it doesn't look that good, dude.
1: No, John Carradine, Linda Blair, Julia Duffy. There's a person that was Civil heard Danning. Of. Yeah. Okay, we got to stop looking up movies because I'm giving you show bait now. <laughs> I don't want to watch any of these. Oh, there we go, <laughs> Richard Mall. Shit,
3: Richard Hall.
1: Oh, damn it. Oh, can we talk about Dog Soldiers now?
3: No, we need to talk more, uh, Repo Jake.
1: No, we don't.
3: It's a great
1: film. Zero beards.
3: Dude, I, seriously, when he started fighting people and throwing them through plate glass windows, if, if one of the evil elves would have showed up, I would have completely lost it. <laughs> I, I would have just lost it.
1: But that's like, that's the only thing. Like Dan Haggerty's maneuver in that movie is, get punched, block a punch, throw a guy through a window.
3: That's oh, a fucking maneuver. Oh uh, dude, dude. Oh. Uh, I gotta send you this picture as soon as I get this. Okay. That John Williams, he posted the uh, the two slave guys from that movie <laughs> that were just discussing the whole time <laughs> that they get the that their uh, slave master leaves them. The two sl- Oh. From that movie.
1: Okay.
3: He just he just posted it. He was loving it, but anyhow, talk dog soldiers.
1: Dog soldiers. Okay, here's my. Is my there any Grizzly dog. Adams in it? No, no Grizzly Adams. Why? Zero beards. <laughs> this movie sucks. No Grizzly Adams. No. Um. I get this really weird story like about dog soldiers. Like I never knew about this movie, and I used to take like. When I was in full-on in buying DVD mode, like, I would get everything, and this was back when Best Buy had everything. Yeah. Like, back in those days, and and it was just like, I would go there. Actually, there was a really kick-ass Walmart in Muncie that had a lot of good, like, uh, DVDs and stuff for cheap. Uh, If I was bored on a Friday or Saturday night, I would go over there and just buy something random. So I was over there, actually I bought this at Best Buy one night, and the store was closing, and I ran in there, and they were like, uh, we're going to be closing in five minutes, and I was like, I'm just going to buy a DVD and get out of here. And I didn't know what to buy, and I was frantically looking because I just wanted to buy something mm-hmm. and watch it because I didn't have anything to do that night, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck Dog Soldiers is, but I'll give it a chance. And this is like one of the very few times I have ever, like, blind-bought anything, and it was actually worth every nickel I paid. Like, this movie, I watched it, and I was like, holy shit! What is this? This is completely fucking awesome! But Dog Soldiers is directed by Neil Marshall, who may or may not be the next Paul W.S. Anderson.
3: Mmm... I can't say that.
1: Mm, Well, I... I don't know dude like dog soldiers and I've discussed before how I don't really think the descent is a good movie but that's only because I'm not afraid of the dark or tight spaces or caves
3: Yeah but I was going to say he's also made other stuff the descent
1: he's yeah. made Escape uh, from New York beyond Thunderdome
3: Yeah Yeah doomsday yeah I was going to say at least he's done other stuff where you're like people were like oh that was good It's not where, oh. He did make Event Horizon, you know? Yes. It's not one of those things.
1: I guess, you know what? I gotta give it to, I gotta give it to Neil Marshall, because if, I know you've never seen Game of Thrones, but this is how Game of Thrones works. Like, every, every season, uh, the eighth or ninth episode, something insane happens. Like, that's either where you're gonna get, like, Holy shit, everybody just died, or there's a massive battle. That just blows your fucking mind. And, he did this episode of Game of Thrones called, it was, uh, season, season two, episode eight, called the battle, the battle of Blackwater Bay. And, holy shit, I saw that and my mouth like fucking dropped to the floor. And, and then I saw Neil Marshall, and then he came back and he did the Battle of the Wall. Like their Game of Thrones, Neil Marshall is their go-to guy for like when they want to have the big fight. And he did a hell of a job on both of those fucking episodes. Like, like unbelievable, especially the Battle of Blackwater Bay. If you are not a Game of Thrones fan and you just watched that one episode, you will be on the fucking hook for everything. It's that goddamn amazing. But fuck that. We're we're talking about dog soldiers. So I got it, and it blew me away because this is a Scottish movie, and it doesn't play by I like I like movies that don't play by Hollywood rules, and I believe this is one. It's not Australian though, which which bums me out a little bit. But I'll I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't play within the system,
4: mm-hmm. so it's
1: a little different, and it's gory as shit and violent and. All the things that us Americans are not are, are not allowed to do anymore, theatrically, but it, it's the story. It's a werewolf movie, and I think you can, like, honestly, I think you can count the really good werewolf movies on one hand. Like, you've got Howling, American Werewolf in London, and then what? Like, this is definitely one of them. Within the last 20 years... Ginger Snaps? I've never... I See, I haven't seen that yet.
3: You've yeah. never seen Ginger Snaps?
1: I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it yet. You, you need to do Ginger Snaps. I do? Yes. Well, yeah, uh, maybe. I, I could get around to it, but... This is definitely one. Late Phases? Yes. Yeah. I would not put Wolf Cop in that top five, because I don't feel like... Like it's more of a comedy than a serious werewolf movie. I guess yeah, I, should, I see where you're saying. I should reset my parameters. Serious werewolf movies. You've got The Howling. You've got American Werewolf in London, and this. And like that, honestly, Bad Moon. Kind of, I really like Bad Moon. But Dog Soldiers, you've it's Scottish. Uh You've got, it opens. There's a guy running. He's playing uh I really like this actor. I'm gonna look him up because I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. What is that guy's name? Sean Petrie? I don't think that's him. Fuck it, I don't know his name. You've got you've got a guy running from an elite squad of they're, they're playing war games in the Scottish Highlands, and and it, it bums me out that the Highlander didn't show up and put an end to all this. But hey, we would have had a kick ass movie then. But it's just a really cool – I want to talk about this part, basically. I'm going to compare this movie to The Thing. Okay. Okay. The blood test – the blood test in The Thing still, to this day, gets a jump out of me because that's such a well-crafted scene. I can't – my mind can never remember when the blood jumps.
4: Yeah. I know think... you
1: talking I think there's a scene in here and where Neil Marshall uses, okay, it's a jump scare, and it works every time. Every fucking time, it has got me. <laughs> and you've got this troop of soldiers sitting around telling stories, and they're talking about what scares them. And they're going around the group, and they're like, you know, I don't like spiders. And this one guy's like, uh, I don't want to watch a shootout watching while we are watching uh, football, which is soccer. Cause we're American. And he's like, oh, I don't want this other guy's like, oh, I don't want to watch a football shootout with Joe. That scares me. And the one guy is, so hes the captain starts telling a story about it was his first time in Vietnam or not Vietnam, but desert storm. And they're yeah. going in and they get this tattoo to commemorate. And he's got a buddy that gets a tattoo of Satan on his butt because he, he says his soul belongs to God, but his flesh belongs to the devil. And it's up to the devil to redeem, redeem him. So the guy sets off a, a, a IED mine and it explodes. And the only piece they found that resembled a human was that tattoo. And it's just, he sets the story up and you really get into it. And then all of a sudden, a cow falls out of nowhere. And scares the living shit out of me. Every fucking time. I think that is just one five-star fuck awesome scene. Because it just gets you every time. But anyway, going forward, uh, there's werewolves, uh, the two, the two battling squads playing the war games meet up. The other squad has been completely slaughtered. They find all their gear, (coughs) they find all their gear covered in guts. And the main guys, the main head of the other guy, other team is alive and is, he's played by this Sean Petrie guy who I really like and he's in, he's in a lot of movies and ironically he was in Event Horizon. So, you know, all of a sudden, werewolves strike,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they retreat down the road, they get a car, a lady picks them up and they go to a cabin, and, and then from that point on the movie it's basically Evil Dead 2 meets Night of the Living Dead with werewolves. And who doesn't want to see that? Mm-hmm. I do. Get, line me up for fucking ten of those movies. And I just like, it's a siege movie, it's got werewolves. I think the werewolf suits are really fucking fantastic because you can tell, and if you watch the behind the scenes, they've got those like, uh, like those leg stilts on that looks like kind of like you've got an extra joint, but it's turned around and it makes them like 10 feet tall. And I think they do a really good job of showing you the werewolves, but not showing you them too much. And I think they actually are pretty menacing looking. Yeah. I think uh the character of Joe in this movie, who is just out of his mind, Bananas, mm-hmm. is great. I, I like all the improvisational weapons they make with the boiling water. They find a sword. They use hammers, electric knives.
3: Uh, they're using anything they can just yeah. to stay alive.
1: And it's gory and hell. But you know what you don't get in this movie? You do not get a werewolf transformation in this movie. Did you notice that? Because, I, was, I was
3: sitting there thinking about that just now, and
1: uh, I'll tell you what i I think this movie was so good that that's why you go watch Ameri- like m- werewolf movies. You want to see the transformation. Scene. Yeah, this movie's so good that you're just like, hey, uh, I don't need to see that. It, it, it's just great. Well, I guess technically there is one, but all it is is a girl walking into a dark closet and then appearing as a werewolf you don't see you know you don't see the transformation yeah but i I, this movie is fucking fantastic i'm gonna give it 257 gut sausages (laughs) that's one of my favorite things in in this movie is uh the the captain of the good guys he has been eviscerated by a werewolf and his guts are hanging out through the entire movie (laughs) and everybody keeps referring to them as sausages but this movie is fucking fantastic. If by some chance you haven't seen it, it's great because it is Evil Dead Two meets Night of the Living Dead with werewolves. But what do you think of Dog Soldiers?
3: I love it. I've always loved it. I've always given it four out of four stars. I think Dog Soldiers just captures, kept it simple, but capture it like captures the imagination that horror fans wanted with a werewolf movie where there's just like it's kind of like aliens fighting. Like, yeah. the colonial marines, without weapons, have to fight werewolves, is basically what it comes down to. And it just, it's really cool. It's really crafted how the movie is. It's a shame that it never did get a sequel. They keep saying there's going to be a sequel, but... we mm,
1: we've got, I've got a, there's, let me see. Well, this poster that, I, I've, I've seen this poster a A bunch of different times. I was
3: going to say, there's,
1: yeah. It might be fake, but it says Dog Soldiers 2, Summer 2014.
3: Yeah, that poster's been lingering, I think, Mm -hmm. for the past year and a half or so now.
1: Yeah. I I think we, uh, well, Neil Marshall, he caught the backlash for that Doomsday movie, man. Oh, yeah. He he deserved it. I don't know if he deserved it as much as you do. Like I, I really like that movie, but yeah, I will admit he he just mashed three movies together. Yeah, I mean, that was the problem. Pretty much it. But still, I liked it. I, I I need to see Centurion. I need to see a couple other Neil Marshall. I was movies.
3: gonna say Alan, Centurion just never liked me. Anymore.
1: It looked like he was trying to ape three hundred. Yeah, but. Oh. That's Dog Soldiers, if so, by some chance you haven't seen it. Do yourself a favor and yes. see it. Yes. Well, that's the show. What do you got for next week, sir?
3: Uh, next week I'm watching a, a Cronenberg movie I've never seen, Rabbit.
1: I've not seen it either.
3: Uh, I'm curious. I've heard good things about it, and I've heard a couple people today tell me that uh, it's not as good. Oh, no. So I'm curious. I, I, Mike. I'm definitely curious about this movie.
1: I am going to be watching for the first time ever *The Deadly Spawn*. Yes. And we have a guest next week, Gary Hill of the Cinema Beef podcast, and he told me today, Tim, he is going to be doing a movie that is on Hulu called *Disco Path*.
3: Is Dan Haggerty in it? Ooh,
1: no. Damn. Disco Path, 2013. In the mid '70s, a young, timid New Yorker leads an uneventful life until he faithfully exposed to the pulsating rhythms of a brand new genre of music, disco. Unable to control, uh, unable to control his murderous impulses that stem from the traumatic childhood experience, Dwayne Lewis transforms into a dangerous serial killer and exiled to Montreal. So it sounds like a disco, like werewolf movie. This could be pretty cool.
3: (laughs) What's it called again? Disco Path.
1: Disco Path. Okay.
3: If you see it on YouTube, send me the link.
1: I'm going to look it up right now. But what do you got to pimp, sir?
3: As always, you can find me here at Blood, Bass, and Boomsticks. Uh, you can find me, of course, at GrossMovieReviews.com. And you can, of course, order my new book, The Wrath of Gross, at Lulu.com.
1: Okay. Uh, quick breaking news. Did you see the newest uh, Tim Gross movie to be made? That they are sucking out of your brain as you that,
3: sleep. Is it the is it the one that I sent you the link to?
1: Was it Homicycle? No, oh no, that, that's another one. Yes, it looks awesome. No, what was the one you sent me the link to?
3: Uh, there's another one on your page, little cute buggers. I and did it, just
1: I did watch that. And,
3: it's about killer rabbits.
1: So no, nah, it, it can't be any worse than Night of the Lepus. <laughs> so, yeah it looks like disco path is not on youtube unless you want to spend four bucks then it is but it looks pretty sweet dude
3: oh yeah it's it's uh i think from uh, brett kelly also yep anyway yeah, it, you can
1: uh <clears throat> you can follow me on twitter at JSB underscore boomsticks uh you can follow me on letterboxd uh, just search Kyle polling. You can like our Facebook groups. Uh, just search Bloodbaths and Boomsticks. There are two of them. And go watch Spookies nine times this week because I need to get the uh, bad taste of everything else I watched out of my mouth. But that's the show. Next week, Disco Path, uh, The Deadly Spawn, and Rabid. Three movies I've never seen. So it could be a good show, dude. Could be. All right. We are out of here later.
4: Turn out
2: the lights, the party's over, they say that all good things must end, call it a night, the party's over, and
0: tomorrow
2: starts the same old thing again.
0: Greetings. The master control program has chosen you
2: to serve your system on the game. Keep your ugly fucking gold-bricking ass out of my beach community. I don't want no volunteers. I don't want no mates. There's too many captains on this island. $10,000 for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. I have to order something from the lunch
0: menu. I don't want lunch. I want breakfast. Hey, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Hey, I'm really sorry too. Honey, ah! Honey come on over here, sugar bun. This machine just called me an asshole. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Huh? You'd like that? Intentionally.
1: Oh, I got good news and bad news, girls.
3: The good news is your dates are here.
0: What's the bad news? They're dead. Anything
3: else? Phase the plasma rifle mm-hmm. 41 range.
0: It's just what you see. Uzi 9mm. Uh, your weapons play. Uh, this is ideal for home defense. So, uh, what should I be? Oh. You don't frighten us, English pig dogs Go and boil your bottom sundry silly person blow ah, my nose that you took forth after a kid. You and all your silly English Jesus Christ, I warn you With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere